two, one. Oh, a stiff shot to the head. He's, he's getting up. He's donning the proverbial crimson mask. Good God almighty, he's getting some color. Guys, welcome to episode four, I believe, of Getting Some Color. I'm Joe Dubs. I'm Zach. And uh, that was Zach doing the intro, so doing a little good old JR. Speaking of good old JR, did you hear his comments about AEW lately? Yeah, where he said, look, they do too many flips. <laughs> <laughs> like, I know that, but like, we're, we're working on him, trying to wean him off of it. And then like, they were giving him shit about like how they, he calls Jungle Boy, uh, Jungle Boy Jack Perry, or sometimes he just calls him Jungle Jack Perry. Mm-hmm. And they're like, why do you do that? And it's like, look, he's not going to be a boy forever. He's going to he's gonna become a grown man one day. <laughs> and then it'll be kind of weird to call him Jungle Boy. He's right about that. Yeah. It's kind of like when Shawn Michaels, you know, he was called himself Heartbreak Kid. And then, like, you know, suddenly he was in his 40s. Mm-hmm. And- <laughs> they, he still kind of, everybody still kind of referred to him as HBK, but it wasn't, like, how it was. Yeah, but, like, he went from HBK to uh, Mr. WrestleMania. So, like- yeah. You have to evolve, and what what I liked about Jr.'s response to that about the flip, the flips and flops and all that stuff is like he said he loves being back in the business and being back working and all that stuff. So mm-hmm. yeah, so like AEW's giving him a chance while WWE they were just like we want you to do this stuff and only this stuff and not be seen on TV. At least AEW is right. letting him be on TV. We'll see how long, though, because I hope they don't go with the whole uh, critics, because, you know, this is modern wrestling now. It's all about the flips and uh, how they do things now in, in mainstream wrestling. So, you know, I kind of have a thesis about that, actually. What is it? Uh, I thought maybe we could save this for like a segment, but I don't know if I could, if you could stretch it out a whole segment, but like, it just kind of came to me one day when I was talking to one of my buddies about wrestling Mm -hmm. and I was telling him about like how independent wrestling up to like this point now, like within the last few years, it's changed more. It used to be like, do you, do you remember when you first discovered independent wrestling? What was it? Uh, ROH ring of honor. Ring of Honor, so, like, what, mid-aughties, probably? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's the same from, like, mine was TNA, actually. I don't consider TNA to be, like, a main thing. It was independent. Yeah, I didn't really, um, I didn't really appreciate independent wrestling until literally, like, five years ago. <laughs> I still kind of, I mean, like, I guess I'm into it now, I suppose. Mm-hmm. I consider, I would consider NWA an independent like AEW is trying to be like a a big thing, mm-hmm. but anyways, like <clears throat> when I start when I got first exposed to that indie style back then, it, like TNA was running it too, and the work was like the in ring work was so different compared to like what WWE did. Mm-hmm. It was a lot faster. There was a lot more flashy moves, and there was a lot more near falls and stuff. Well, that's the thing with independent wrestling is like if you just straight up like Hulk Hogan Saturday morning wrestling stuff it's going to be well back then in the 80s it wasn't born because you had all those territories but like 
if it was just straight up wrestling in independence, I don't think it would go over well because yeah, you have the hardcore fans, but then you also had to sell tickets. And I think most of the independent, uh, like they gave away tickets just to fill up the uh, gym or whatever they're doing. Yeah, they had comps and stuff. So they had but to like do, they had to do like all those flips and all the like penis slams and all that stuff to like <laughs> you know get over with the crowd, I guess. You you kind of you you kind of just did it for me. But I I was trying to explain to him like how what the different kind of styles are in wrestling. Mm-hmm. And I called like what was the independent style before? I called that work rate wrestling cuz that's what that's when that term work rate started to come up. Do you remember that? I've always recalled it as circus wrestling. That you've heard? I've never heard that. Yeah, because it, when you think of a circus, it's like they're there to entertain. And back in the day, WWF, when it was called WWF, was uh, all about like sports entertainment. Like there was still sports side of it. In in independent wrestling, it's all about you know doing all those wacky do bullshit stuff. Well, well, what, I, what I'm talking about is like, okay, like in the early oddies, you know, pretty much throughout that decade, really, like that is work rate wrestling. That's work rate style where it's all about doing a bunch of moves and doing a bunch of near falls and trying to do the most complicated sequences and shit. Mm-hmm. People were doing the dives, but it still wasn't as ridiculous as it is now. Um, but then, like, now it's changed even more to where it's, like, this weird combination of uh, work rate wrestling with dives and then goofy bullshit, like, dick suplex mm-hmm. and inves- wrestling invisible people, Marco stunt, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> like, I call like, I, I explained to him that. I was like, oh, my God, like, it, it's all connected. People felt like they had to do the work rate wrestling back then because... They, there was no way to get noticed because there's no territory system anymore. And yeah. WCW was dead. So it's like, well, how do we get noticed? Like, let's just put on insane matches. Like, and that's what they did. The reason why, like, five years ago, I started looking at independent is because of the problem that's happening right now. Everything's stale. Everything creative is stupid. And, you know, everything's cookie cutter uh, storyline. We're just like, oh, I know this person is somehow going to get mad at this person, and then there's going to be a a contract signing, and everybody's going to brawl. They're going to go in the back, and somehow they're going to do a spot where they put them on a stretcher and then, like, throw them into something. There's going to be an ambulance at some point. There's going to be fake cops arresting because they always want to do that iconic Stone Cold arrest scene that they did in the Attitude Era. Yeah. So, like, everything's predictable in, in WWE, and every time something gets over in WWE where people are just getting something behind the wrestlers and the storyline that is happening, Vince is like, I didn't create this, this is bullshit, so I'm gonna kill it, and I'm gonna bury it. So what people... Rusev Day. Yeah, Rusev, <laughs> the perfect example of that was Rusev Day. That's the most recent example of it. Mm-hmm. And then... You know, I decided, you know, this is bullshit. Like, I always will still love WWE. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, that's where my love of wrestling came from. But sometimes, brother, they don't love you back. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> so I decided... You're just stop. left out in the cold like a dog. Yeah, that's when I started watching New Japan, Ring of Honor, um, 
and then just I went to House of Glory. That's a New York uh, independent scene where I oh. where you did see a bunch of people like Private Party was in House of Glory. So yeah, I remember you told me about that how you saw them originally, and I was like, oh, that's cool because mm-hmm. I like those guys. Yeah, and it's such a breath of fresh air when you're seeing things like NWA Power or AEW Dynamite. It's just like it's something new, and they do do different things than the WWE. Uh, some might do a little bit stupid stuff like Marco Stunt doing the floss in the middle of the ring. <laughs> And then, you know, all the, the flips uh, could get a little annoying and out of control at some times. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's just... They... WWE needs to come up with something new. And I don't I don't care if... If you use Roman Reigns or if you use... Burn it down, says Rollins. I'm gonna burn it down! As long as there's like a good, different, new story to it, I'll get behind it. But when you do the same shit over and over and over again, and then when something gets over, you just say, fuck you. We didn't create this. You you got it over for us. It's like, that's why they go to AEW. That's why AEW and NWA listens to the people that get certain people over. I mean, at some point, they're going to turn on them. They're going to turn them heel, but that's what wrestling is all about. You make them mm-hmm. a face, and then at some point where people are really, really white-hot face, you turn them heel, and then that's when you get the heat. You know what I mean? Hey, now, some of the executive producers in AEW believe that we're in a post-heel and face world. <sighs> I mean, they <laughs> they do show that in AEW. We're just like... Cody sometimes is a he does heel tactics and then like other times he's like hugging a child. I'm just like, what is going on? Yeah. <laughs> it's a little confused. It's like, don't get me wrong. It, here's the thing: is I think it was executed better in in the Attitude Era when when WWE was doing it, mm-hmm. which was like you know this gave the famous fucking speech, the shades of gray and all that stuff, mm-hmm. and that was basically true. Like Stone Cold was kind of an asshole. But you get behind it, but you know what? At the same time, he wasn't hugging babies and shit. Mm-hmm. That doesn't seem like something he would do. You know? <laughs> and, like, The Rock was kind of an asshole, too. But, you know, again, he wasn't doing anything stupid, like giving people fucking high fives and shit. When he was like, it, it, it just, again, that doesn't seem like something The Rock would do. I just hate seeing, and I get it, like, a child is crying. Again, a child should not be in a fucking front row. Of a, like, no, fuck children. They should cry. <laughs> part of growing up. Yeah, that's it's what... like when you, you know, Bambi gets shot. You know, bad shit happens in life. No, that, that's the thing. Like, I hate when wrestlers have to break character and like do a hug because a kid is crying. I like, know. It's just like, man, it's part of it. They're gonna cry at something eventually. Because I, I don't. <laughs> I, I I think it was with the authority where uh, Stephanie and uh, Triple H were like on the side and like a kid was like crying and shit. And... Yeah, and Hunter broke kayfabe to fucking hug him and tell him, "Brother, it's just a work. Settle down." Yeah, <laughs> basically is what he did. Fucking Mark. 
Oh man, I'm surprised that he did that. But I, I you know, he's old. He's probably got soft. Well, he's the type of person during that uh, Madison Square Garden where the clique hugged each other. So I guess yeah, they they helped bust kayfabe up even more when that happened. Mm-hmm. So you know, oh, that reminds me because you said I said that, but you want to get into our little news articles? Well, before we do that, uh, our special uh, episode is going to be uh, a top twelve entrance theme songs of wrestling. Period. So it could be shows, it could be any pay-per-view song, and also it could be the wrestler. So um, that's going to come Most at... of these are probably going to be wrestler themes. <laughs> yeah. So, so uh, that's going to be at the end of the show, but usually when we have a thing planned, in the beginning we do a little uh, like kind of news reports of what's going on and what our feelings are of the products that are out there in wrestling. Yeah, so you want to go first? You got any news articles? Um, Bischoff got fired as SmackDown executive uh, producer or whatever. Very, very quickly. I it it kind of pisses me off because I understand we're in a time of uh, everything should happen quickly now, now, now. This and this and that. But going back to WWE being stale and the same old bullshit uh, because Fo- it, when they went to Fox and obviously the first episode of the premiere is going to be uh, big. They, I believe they had like what 2 million people watching it or something like that. Mm-hmm. So obviously they're well, going to, Oh, on the debut. Yeah. I think the debut was like 4 million. Yeah. Wow. Double. Yeah, and then it's dropped all the way back down to where it was before, basically. Yeah, because they do the same shit over and over again. And then they, the inconsistent storylines. But anyway, I digress on that because I could talk about that forever. Oh, God. <laughs> um, but they fired Bishop, and I'm, I'm they haven't given the reason yet. But I think the main reason is because of the droppage in viewers. But how, how can he get the blame when Vince is always changing shit. Yeah, like I've heard that uh and I've heard this multiple times and like he's yet to come out and say it. Mm-hmm. But allegedly he really he didn't even have creative control still. Like mm-hmm. he didn't make any kind of creative decisions for the shows yet. I I think it just wasn't given to him. And uh yeah, like there's the thing with the ratings and everything. And like, I can kind of read between the lines on a lot of these reports. And I think it was like, he was kind of set up to like be the, the sacrificial lamb for when the fucking ratings went down. It mm-hmm. seems like, and that's why he didn't move permanently to Connecticut. He got an apartment, mm-hmm. you know, it, like I think he knew, okay, it's going to be a short ride deal. Cause they're probably going to run me off, but Hey, at least I can make some money real quick. That seems kind of, uh, you know, uh, pretty jaded point of view, but you know, Eric's been in the wrestling business for a while. He's, he's been around. Mm-hmm. So you could kind of read it in between the lines when, you know, they hire Bruce Pritchard to come back in a fucking yes, man of Vince McMahon. So Bruce, Bruce Pritchard talks a big game on his damn podcasts and shit, but he's pretty much a Vince McMahon stooge. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying he never had any good ideas because I can't I can't say that because he's 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 had some invariably I'm sure 
It's just like he's he has that reputation with a lot of people. That's just that's him. I really think that they you should have put and I know like having an authority figure uh was bad, but that's because you had fucking Triple H and Stephanie McMahon. Nobody wants to see that shit. And nobody wants to see Shane McMahon either. Now, if they had, like, a Paul Heyman versus Eric Bischoff again, I think that would bring viewers back. Oh, that would, yeah. Like, sure. And, and, like, just the heel, the fucking heel authority figure shtick is played out. Mm-hmm. Just, like, have them be all the, like, William Regal, how he is on NXT. Where he's, like, maybe a little bit more, like, being in the show than he is. Mm-hmm. But that, to me, that's, like, kind of the way you should do it now. Because everybody's so sick of that fucking storyline. And and <laughs> I think you said, like, he had an idea that it might be a quick gig. That's why he got an apartment. But still, he put, like, all his belongings and shit in his truck. And, like, drove from Wyoming all the way to Connecticut just to get fired. Yeah. And <laughs> a lot of people are, like, really pissed off at Vince because of that. It's like, dude, you had this guy move just to fire him. So that's another thing on Vince's notch that, like... And we, at this point, everybody should not be surprised. He does not give a fuck what we think anymore. No, he's fucking... Even Seth Rollins, is. it's crept out that he said, Vince is a weird old man. like it was something about like at some fan signing like somebody asked him about apparently i guess remember that one time seth wore white gear yeah at like a summer it was like a summer slam or something it was a bigger Mm pay-per-view and he's like how come you don't wear white gear anymore it's like a weird fucking thing to ask him i would i could have thought of like 15 other questions to fucking ask him than that yeah why do you say (laughs) burn it down why do you keep saying, yeah, I actually would have said, do they make you say burn it down all the time, or are you doing a thing? Are you doing a bit because you know it's fucking stupid? Like, like what's the truth? But no, like, like, he's just like, I don't know, everybody really liked it, but Vince hates it, so he doesn't let me wear white gear. That's He's a weird old man. That's pretty much exactly what he's at. Oh, God. <laughs> and I guess it's a thing when you're a champion in WWE, you have to, like, speak up to all the uh, AEW or non-marks and be like, you know, this is the best thing we're doing on TV. You have to be retarded. And I get it. You have to defend your product because you're working for Vince McMahon. Just don't say anything. You just gotta be, you just gotta be clever about it. Like Becky Lynch is. She's clever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she said like, like somebody was asking her a month or two ago about like, Oh, how about the storyline with your your now fiance Seth Rollins? He was on TV. It's like, well, I didn't want to do it, and he didn't want to do it, but we ended up doing it anyway. And well, you know, those creative the creative team they're full of great ideas that always work, right? <laughs> <laughs> she she pretty much just fucking put him on blast. But it was like it, she didn't really exactly come out and say it either. Yeah. But, <laughs> but like Seth Rollins has a thing where. Uh, like, a couple of months ago, he said something stupid, like, oh, you're taking food off of my family's table or something like that. And I'm like, what? The fuck? Like, dude, just shut the fuck up. Like, it, it... What family? He doesn't have a fucking family. I think he was saying, like, for the like rest of the, the roster and stuff. That better be what he meant, because he's fucking single. Well, he's not single, but, like, he's, God damn it, he doesn't have a fucking family yet. But, like... <laughs> That's what I'm trying to say. But, <laughs> here's the thing, like... 
dude, they have to know the product. There's like rumblings of going on that, like people are just they want to get the fuck out. Like Mike Kanellis wants to get out. That's another news story. Yeah, he asked for his release. Luke Harper wants out because he won't fucking use him for some reason. Mm-hmm. And I think Randy wants out too. I think. Here's my thing. I think he wants more money. So he's yeah, like, he's gonna play. He's gonna play hardball with him. I think because I've heard his contracts coming up next year. Mm-hmm. So I think he's trolling. Like he did it like a picture next to like a sign that said "Elite" and all that stuff. Plus, the way he acts on social media anymore, he just doesn't fucking care. It's like awesome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he just says whatever the hell he wants. Feel like nothing ever happens to him somehow. Like, he goes AEW and he's Randall Orton. <laughs> Randall Orton. <laughs> But, um, yeah, man, it just, it was a bad move. And I think it was a quick, he was definitely the scapegoat. And there's another rumor going around that because Eric Bischoff is more right-leaning on ideas and politics and all that stuff, that uh, some of the executives didn't want him around. Well, Vince is right-leaning. Yeah, but... It, they they kind of made it they kind of made it clear that the executives are running shit, and that that, That's that, so, yeah. that was before they did the whole stupid draft thing, which we will talk about. Uh, oh yeah, but like, <laughs> but it's it's a known fact that USA when they were uh, they still are a part of USA, but USA uh, recommends Vince on who should be champion and who should not be champion. So. Yeah. Yeah. And that's really troubling, in my opinion. I didn't know about that. If it, if that's fucking true, that's, like, kind of alarming. I know they had some ideas. Like, apparently the 24-7 title was their idea. Mm-hmm. And somehow they kind of turned that into, like, kind of a fun thing. <laughs> like, somehow that happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah, where, uh, you know, the 24-7 champion was such a big draft pick, and everybody was clapping. But I digress. We'll, we'll talk about that in a few Unless you mm-hmm. want to start, start getting into the stupid draft right now, I got no. I got a couple of news articles here. Okay, uh, I, there is something okay. I want to talk about, but that's only after the draft shit show. That's what I refer to it as, mm-hmm. and it, it's just to be a positive note, just a, a nice palate cleanser before we get to our, our listy thing. Um, let's see. Uh, Xavier Woods is uh, apparently has an Achilles tendon injury. Uh, this happened today, apparently, or yesterday. Wait. Didn't you just say we're going to get into, like, good, positive <laughs> news? No, 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 but, like, I got to do this news sh- shit first, and then we're going to sh- talk about the draft shit show, and then I'm going to I'm gonna follow it up with positivity, because that's what Xavier would want. <laughs> okay. Okay? <laughs> yeah. yeah. See, now, first, like, I'm not saying, like, oh, he's injured. Yes. No, I love it. I love Xavier Woods. I love New Day. Mm-hmm. And, like, it sucks, because that's a, and it, I think it was confirmed as a tear, and that's bad. That's, like, one of the worst injuries you could have. Mm-hmm. Uh, he'll probably be out for nine months or, or so. Here, here's a storyline that they should do. Xavier Woods comes back, make him heal. I think a heal Xavier Woods would be good. Either him or Big E. It seems like Kofi is going to turn heel right now. It's Kofi. <laughs> Did you see that segment where, like, the the heavy machinery was like uh, Tucker Knight was like, "Are you mad that you lost your title?" And like Kofi had a pancake in his hand and he crumpled it up when he said that. 
<laughs> and he was like, no, I've, you know, I have all the positivity. I'm good, brother. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God, if they're actually like doing a thing, that's actually kind of clever. Like is Kofi over time gradually gets more aggressive and angry. Mm-hmm. Like that would actually be kind of cool. Yeah, that would be surprising. But I, I kind of like, I don't like the slow burn. Like the whole, uh, we'll talk uh, again, if this is part of your news, the whole Bailey thing, like that slow burn that happened where you're just like, all right, we get it. She might be healed. When is it happening? I kind of like the whole. Maybe one thing. See, one thing happens where like she hits or does a heal tactic, but you don't see it for like another two months, and then all, all of a sudden see, you get the turn. They didn't. Yeah, they didn't do that right. Like, okay, I'm gonna jump onto that because there's another thing I had, which is basically I was just saying, hey, Xavier got injured. It's a bad one. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to wish him well because I really like him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't care what he does when he comes back. He can be face or heel. He's good. But, um, yeah, the Bailey officially turned heel finally. And I guess this sort of adopted your pit, my gimmick. <laughs> In some way. She went, she has, like, she has like a lesbian haircut. Like she cut her hair. Whoa. You think she's gay? Not that there's anything wrong with that. I'm just saying. No, she looks like AJ Styles. <laughs> wow. <laughs> soccer mom. Soccer mom. Like, they chant that at him. Yeah. <laughs> but no, like, uh, like, the thing is, there's nothing wrong with the slow burn. It's just that they didn't do it right. They kind of, like, overstepped too quickly. They're like, they turned her, like, two-thirds heel. Before she turned heel completely. Mm-hmm. It's just like, no, you can't do that. It's like, look, you're the build to it, or the, she turned suddenly. Well, that's the thing. It has to be like, oh, go ahead. Well, that, that's the thing. Like, WWE, when I was talking about the stale and, like, unoriginality on how they do things, is like, they do things at the wrong time. Like, if, yeah. if she did the chair thing, like, that should have been the heel turn, in my opinion. Her doing the chair thing, and then, like, maybe she might be still good. Maybe she's a tweener. And then all of a sudden she loses the title and comes back, and she has that weird haircut. And, by the way, her her new song is pretty cool. I hate how they still have, like, the happy part of it. Just fucking cut that out and just put the, the cool, badass theme song theme song that she has. Yeah, it's probably a better idea. But, yeah, that's part of WWE's problem now is timing. Mm-hmm. They, they've lost all sense of timing. Like, when's the right time to do it? When's the wrong time to do it? How long should they do something? How short should it be? Mm-hmm. It's all out of whack. Like, Seth Rollins, is, they, they fucked him up totally with all the stupid decisions. And they, To my opinion, he's fucking done as a baby face now. Oh, with Seth Rollins, since you brought him up... Um... What is your uh, opinion on him going to the Firefly Funhouse and burning it down? God damn it. <laughs> and he's like, burn it down. And then he burns it down. I was like, fuck you. Mm-hmm. And I, I hated that, man. It's like, apparently Bray rebuilt the Firefly Funhouse. This could be on SmackDown now. Yeah, it's stupid. <laughs> they should have done that. It was way too early to do something like that. See, like... The, I, I had the thought before they did this, before they even hinted at it, like, you know what would be really cool is if eventually somebody, like, found 
the Firefly Funhouse. Mm-hmm. And like that would be like a really surreal moment, but they did it way too quick. No, here's my thing. I always thought like the Firefly Funhouse was all in Bray's head, like, and it somehow manifested into the Titan Tron and and all TVs. Like, we were part of this like weird phenomenal f- phenomenal not major size phenomenon um <laughs> where you're seeing this almost like sick side of bray where he's making it into a kid's show and then all of a sudden you have fucking seth rollins that comes in and burns it down it's like oh it's just a set in the back room of raw or smackdown see i always thought of it as and like this could sound stupid but you know it's wrestling. There's like an undead fucking wizard lich called the Undertaker. <laughs> but, but like, I always thought the Firefly Funhouse was like some kind of weird pocket dimension or something. Yeah, and like it, like it exists. It's just some place where nobody can reach. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Because nobody knew where the fuck he was at. Nobody had any idea where it was. And it, like I, that's how I always thought of it. And I thought there would be that moment where, like, somebody could find it somehow, and mm. it would be cool. You know, I don't know. It sounds really Twin Peaksy or Silent Hillish, but that's how I saw it. Well, no, this is how I would have probably wrote it. And if somehow Seth Rollins went to his uh, like portal to you know Firefly Funhouse, you would have Undertaker oh. under Undertaker come back, and like Undertaker, yeah. Undertaker would find the portal. I mean, it wouldn't. I, I wouldn't be like all stupid about it and be like, "This is the portal of Firefly Funhouse. Rest in peace." <laughs> yeah. You, you said portal though, and I, it conjured up a bunch of cool images of like I don't know, like somebody backstage trying to find it or some shit. Mm-hmm. And then there's like a creepy door with like creepy lights coming out of it or some shit. Like there's a weird ominous red light or something. Or have you that's, ever seen, cr- that's cracked out of this door? That would be fucking cool. Have you ever seen the Twilight Zone episode where the little kid like goes into the fourth dimension? Is that an old one? Like yeah. the old Twilight Zone? Yeah, the old Twilight Zone. I, I don't think I've seen that one yet, actually. It's funny because there's like a little portal to the fourth dimension where that somehow this kid like fell off her bed and like rolled under her bed into the fourth dimension. I don't know how she did it. What the fuck? But that's she, cool. <laughs> but, but she ended up there. Like, I think that would be pretty cool if like Seth Rollins opened up a door and he he like went into a portal of the the Firefly Funhouse. Like he he yeah. he accidentally found it instead of just being like, like I'm gonna come after you and burn it down. <laughs> yeah, and maybe like do this like a year removed from now or something instead of like now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but. But yeah, tangent aside, Bailey finally turned heel. I'm kind of digging it because it's something she hasn't done yet, She's, and she still does the belly, to, the belly to Bailey, whatever the fuck her name. Bailey to belly, brother. Yeah, and she needs to get a new finisher desperately. Just something. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, uh, and then here we go. It's the draft shit show. What <sighs> What do you think about the draft shit show? go back even if they did have like executives doing it they should have had a main person who came out and did the calling so i hated that stephanie mcmahon came out and be like these are the picks from the executives of you know usa and fox like (laughs) 
like I guess I, I guess we should probably back up a little bit first mm-hmm. because here's the thing about this. This is why it annoys so many people is that they they hype this draft up for like months and in some other kind of way too. If you're a really hardcore fan, you'd read online you've read for months about how this draft is going to be for real. It's going to be serious business and it's going to be treated real serious. Yeah. Fuck Corey Graves, by the way, (laughs) ever, ever since like, you know, people were, when SmackDown went to Fox and they're like, Oh, the same shit's happening again. What's going on here? And then Corey Graves is like, Oh guys, you just gotta wait for the draft. When we shake things up, that's the key word, shake things up in the, the WWE universe. It's the shame. It's the same fucking shit. Nobody fucking moved. Yeah, like, but in the presentation of it, the whole the whole idea I think behind this was it was supposed to be presented as like a sports draft, mm-hmm. and it wasn't really anything like that at all. No, and I don't even watch sports, and I fucking know that. And like, it's just, and then like the way it all played out, it was just baffling. It was like. You had people like getting seemingly neglected and get picked later when they're like actually pretty big stars. It's like why did they get picked so late? Who cheers for R Truth? I mean R Truth is a twenty four seven champion eighteen times, brother. He's fucking Ric Flair of twenty four seven. Yeah, but who <laughs> who cheers for R Truth like you're signing Joe Montana? Our truth is the Joe Montana of twenty four seven. Fuck you. <laughs> just fucking no. Look, our truth is entertaining and people actually like him. Okay, <laughs> but like, I, yeah, like it's weird how much he gets cheered. I guess. <laughs> but it's like Baron Corbin who won King of the Ring, right? Not Baron Corbin, King Corbin. King Corbin won King of the Ring. <laughs> Somehow. Uh, Tozawa gets picked before him. Yeah, what the fuck's that? And then you had other, basically, jobbers and low-card guys get picked before, like, legends, like fucking Rey Mysterio. I, I'll never let that go. I know you're not too huge on Rey, but God damn it, that's Rey Mysterio. What the fuck? Oh, dude, like, obviously, if a legend is in the draft, like, he should be picked. He should be one of the he should be one of the first picks. Like if if it was if this was legit treated for real, it's like, what if Joe Montana was up for a draft pick and he's older? You know, it's still it's Joe Montana. Do you go like, I want Joe Montana? Like you, that's probably one of the first things you'd say. And why isn't they put champs in there as draft picks too? Did you notice that? I did, and I thought that was like weird. I figured they would just stay on their show, like they were immune from being picked. Yeah, so what would happen if, like, let's say Becky Lynch, who is the Raw Women's Championship, gets, yeah. gets what if she was drafted to SmackDown? SmackDown, you mean? Yeah, does that yeah. vacate the belt? Or. Yeah, like, I was thinking about that, and, like, and I was just like, what the fuck would happen? And I guess I kind of answered my own question, which would have been if they were smart, they weren't. But if they were smart, they would have just said all champions are off the table from being drafted. Or you can't. They're they're just stuck on their show. Or what would have been really interesting and kind of shitty if you were a champion. Be like, all <laughs> right, since we are you know doing an actual brand split, where if you're on this brand, you are not going to that one, which is kind of bullshit. I think. Give it about a couple months, you might see a little uh, people from SmackDown on Raw and Raw, Raw people on SmackDown. But just give it time. 
when the when the viewership goes down. But yeah. I, I think would have been really interesting. It'd be like, all right, all titles are vacated. <laughs> oh wow, yeah, that would have that would have been, damn, like, that's kind of risky. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it is. It, hey, it's also risky. It's something different. Yeah. So you know, that's a fifty fifty. They could flub that up totally, or it could be cool. I mean, it would look really stupid because you know you had, you know, I think that would have been. Interesting. You know, I. That, hold on. Before... I take that back. I take that back. But yeah, go ahead. You go ahead. First, before... I think it would be really interesting because you had people that were complaining about how Brock Lesnar beat Kofi Kingston in like a matter of seconds. Imagine yeah. like the next week, all of a sudden, like, oh, by the way, we're doing a draft and all titles are vacated. Oh my god! <laughs> I can see Paul Heyman freaking out. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, that I. Damn it! That, and I'm and I'm just a uh, a fan. And just a guy. Yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say, you know what? I take that back though, because uh, actually, like when you said that, and then I thought about that playing out, I was like that sounds like something TNA would have done. Like when they were at their worst, like you know, like when they had reverse battle royals and. <laughs> Feast or fired and stupid shit like that, where it's like that. That reminds me of something like that, where it's like feast or fired match, and it was like, do you remember that? Yeah, I remember. I I don't, <laughs> totally remember the reverse Royal Rumble, which was dumb as fuck. The fucking feast or fired one, one was the that took the cake. That was like the dumbest fucking shit I've ever heard of. Well, that's Vince Russo, right? I, yeah, I'm pretty sure, but it was like this thing where it was like fucking six or eight guys or girls mm-hmm. would be in this match, and then they had like these boxes, these lock boxes set up all around the ring posts, like back when TNA still had the six-sided ring, mm-hmm. and it, it was something like when you get a, a pinfall or something, you got a chance to open one of these lock boxes, and it could be something really good, like a title shot or like a raise or something and then or you could just get fucking fired (laughs) so like you could like pin somebody and get a win and get fired that's fucking stupid why would you participate in this match like i I don't know (laughs) it reminds me of that it's like we're doing the draft oh by the way you worked hard you maintained a title well you you lose it yeah (laughs) but if they wanted to make the split like important in a way either a they should have just said hey brock lesnar since you're the uh i call it the real championship fuck the universal title but the real championship um should you're gonna be on smackdown because you have the title and obviously the universal title seth rollins you're only gonna be on monday night raw and that would make more sense but like at the same time, if you want to be something new, I think it would have been pretty interesting to see like Brock Lesnar and Heyman just fucking lose it because you know they finally got the championship and you know everybody's cheering because haha you lost it <laughs> without even haha yeah na 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 hey 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 good right like that yeah something like that stupid but oh but i have to give a shout out to one of the casualties of this this recent creative 
stupidity. Chad Gable, I'm sorry, brother. You're buried. Shorty G. He's Shorty G now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, he was getting over, and then you're like, this this smacks of a goddamn Vince idea. One of those senile Vince McMahon ideas. You know what would be funny? He's short. What if we called him Shorty Gable? <laughs> <laughs> yes! Such good shit! That's just... <laughs> That's exactly like what would happen. And then somebody would be like, I don't know, Bruce Pritchard was like, Vince, what if you called him Shorty G? Yes! That's it! Amazing. Amazing. What a maneuver! And he would start, again, Vince just burying things that become organic. Yeah, Chad Gable was just getting over just from working. If you like, were, just just working matches. If you were the head of a promotion, and you found that like, oh, this is very organic. The only time I would probably be like, man, that wasn't in the plans. Like, he shouldn't be getting over my champion. Like, like that should be. But I would keep an eye on him. Maybe I would take him off TV if mm-hmm. if like somebody started getting organic. Like, uh cheers and all that stuff i'm like all right but he's not in the plans right now let me get through like two pay-per-views before i start pushing him uh up the ladder yeah like on the like on the face of it like yeah, while you're making your plans you can still have him look good like in matches and stuff mm-hmm. you know you don't have him figured in as they would say but like you, you can still in the meantime make him look decent yeah, because remember when uh, we brought this up when Rusev Day was like so over and shit. Yeah, like this was during Roman Reigns time. So if like Roman Reigns wasn't getting any cheers, and all of a sudden you hear Rusev Day all the time. Yeah, people chant Rusev Day when they're bored. And it's just because not... they love because they love Rusev. It's not Roman Reigns. God damn it! Superman punch. <laughs> Super. Ooh-ah. Ooh-ah. <laughs> it's like, it's, I'll never, oh my God. I never made that connection. That sounds like what, that's what happened. So I want, what I want you to do is when you do your punch, you go, ooh-ah. <laughs> that's exactly what happened. Mm-hmm. But, but no, it's just, man, like, here's the thing. Like they said, oh, you know. They try to take the angle with Chad Gable where it's like, he's like, you know, he's, they've been making fun of him because he's short mm-hmm. or something. And it's like, he's not that fucking short. I mean, like, he's average size. But I don't, they, he, they tried to turn it around where he's like, you know what, I embrace who I am, I'm short. Well, they didn't have to make him look stupid by calling himself Shorty G. Now nobody's going to fucking take him seriously. Yeah, that's another <laughs> thing I want to bring up, like, you could totally feel like the be a star fucking program being like, Hey, make sure your storylines, like somebody's getting bullied and like somehow, you know, the person comes up on his top. Like why is every storyline when it has to be a short guy or somebody that looks stupid or something like that? And you know, like for example, are you saying, are you saying Nia Jax looks stupid? Uh, <laughs> No comment. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> but, like, they always have to do this, like, bully angle. And it's weird. Yeah, like, Barrett Corbin's bullying him. It's like, nobody gets bullied in their fucking adult lives. 
if they do, it's just like, you guys are fucking stupid, and then, like, you move past it, because it's like, what are they going to do, fucking fight you? Yeah, but you know what's funny? It is, it, it, what? What's funny? Uh, that they do these, you know, don't be a bully thing, but then they bring the rock and he bullies people. <laughs> call- yeah, the rock bullies people all the time. He, he called Baron Corbin an STD. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, what the fuck? <laughs> that shit was funny, by the way. <laughs> that goes back to what I was talking about. Like, the rock is like, he's like, liked, but he's also kind of an asshole. Mm-hmm. But Baron Corbin's a fucking asshole and nobody likes him, so like, is he wrong? <laughs> and, and I don't know. <laughs> it's so sad to see King of the Ring be like a fucking middle tier tournament now. The King of the Ring is not what it was, man. I was, I was kind of hoping maybe, like, I had just a faint glimmer where I thought they're going to treat it more seriously. Cause I can see Baron Corbin being that guy where he's like, I don't want to be this. This is bullshit. Yeah. I don't want to wear a crown. Or this, that's hokey. Mm-hmm. I'm not Jerry Lawler. I'm not a fraud. Like he just, he could have done that and got over. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, but no, they, he, they made him do it anyway. And now he just looks like a goof and I guess he gets heat. So whatever, I guess, but still like just, <laughs> well, some of them did like when Bret Hart won it, I don't think he did. He ever wear the crown? No, like they only wore once, and then it like fell apart. Correct? No, it was just like back back in the day, like you know, throughout the nineties up up to when Brock Lesnar won it last, mm-hmm. uh, before Booker T won it, because that that was the emergence of the Goofy King gimmick, as far as I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. King <laughs> but Goofy. like that, like they had a coronation where like all oh, they gave him the crown and the scepter and then they would cut a promo or something and that was it they never wore it Bret Hart didn't come out as King Bret Hart of Canada or, or anything he was just Bret Hart and then like on his little thing like where it showed their name it would be King of the Ring 1993 or whatever the fuck it was mm-hmm. and you know or Owen Hart 1994 King of the Ring you know, rest this, in peace that that rest in peace brother. That was that was it though. Like just it was just an accolade. Like you he won a major tournament and he's like he's a breakout star this year. That's that's what it was. It was a way for you to get a push. Mm-hmm. And I don't now it's just like a joke. Like they did that to Booker, but Booker T is is awesome and he somehow made it work. <laughs> yeah. He's he, and that's that's why they're stuck on that idea is because Booker got it to work. And nobody else has ever gotten it to work. <laughs> yeah, just the draft. Just get rid of it. I'm just, I'm done yeah. with it because the last draft was was pretty interesting because I was like, oh, Stephanie McMahon versus Shane McMahon. Maybe they're gonna do something with that, and it ended up being the they same do thing. Fucking anything with it? Yeah. They, 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 <laughs> Then they started doing this weird wild card rules and all that stuff. And then this draft where it just like two It wasn't really a draft. No. <laughs> like most people that's the thing. And I don't really think we even really brought it up yet. Was most people stayed on the show that they were already on. There was just a couple people that were major that switched. Mm-hmm. Like like Charlotte switched to Raw. Braun Strowman switched to SmackDown, and fucking, I think, didn't New Day go to Raw altogether? Yeah, and it's pretty clear that they only used the word draft for viewership. How sad is that? 
yeah, it's like honestly three quarters of the roster stayed on their respective shows. Really, they could that's, they could have the just fuck? said shakeup or something like they've been doing for fucking years, like superstar shakeup. John Cena is a free agent. Blah blah blah. That and that that's why people are pissed off because it was it was misleading. They said there's a draft, shit's going to change, and like the rosters are pretty much seventy five percent the same as they were. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like what the fuck. So that's why, and that's that, that updates me on my status. I'm done. I'm not <laughs> watching this shit anymore. Not not the main shows. I'm I'm taking a hiatus, a sabbatical. Yeah, I'm only gonna be watching like highlights, like. I watch a person who reviews uh, Raw and SmackDown, and usually they're right on everything. So I'm like, if something is cool, I'll go back and watch it. But yeah, I, I'm like, not. I'm not watching a full show where it's just plain stupid shit. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not gonna be watching the shows anymore. Like, there's still gonna be people I'm interested in what they're doing. Like, I'm gonna be interested in, you know, what what Becky's doing, what Drew McIntyre's gonna be doing. I'm gonna be interested. I've got my people picked that I'm interested in what happens with. But other than that, I'm done. I still, I still think the roots of fucking storyline is dumb as fuck. Oh my god, yes. <laughs> Like the last, I actually watched uh, part of the last Raw or Smack. Yeah, it was Raw where um, Rusev was getting interviewed and stuff by Jared King Lawler. And Lana and uh, Lashley were on the Titan Tron again. And they said their normal bullshit be like, oh, they tried to cuck it. They're trying to cuck uh, Rusev. And then, like, King was like, do you have anything to say about this? And they do a quick zoom on his face, and he's like, I know exactly where they are. And he runs out of the rank into <laughs> the back. And I was like, this is so cheesy. And like, They have two... You you notice they have two cuck storylines running on Raw. Mm-hmm. Canellis and this one. That's so weird. <laughs> but they're like... They they had a thing where you're like, oh, poor Rusev, you know, Lana's being a cheating fuck. And, like, you know, and then they're starting to do, the, like, this weird stalker thing now with Rusev. And here's here's how I would have done it. That that promo that he did, where they did a quick zoom in and he ran off to it. I would have been, like, silent and you just walk out of the ring and then later on in the show you see just Rusev beating the shit out of Lashley. Like, yeah, like in the street or something. Yeah, like, like a camera followed him. Yeah, yeah that that's what I would have done and <clears throat> them doing the whole like I know exactly where they are. And I'm like, uh that has Vince all How written you... all over it. It does. How yeah. the fuck would he know exactly where they're at? How do you know that? What's that laying there in the mat? Is that the script? The fuck. <laughs> I, I guess so. I bet you. Vince, I bet you Vince watched like a soap opera, and that was like the the, the line. I know exactly where the bitch is, or something. <laughs> Vince doesn't watch TV. Well, you know, maybe I know that sounds weird, but it's true. <laughs> maybe he he like went down the hallway and like he saw the divas watching. Uh, I still say Divas because they do have a Diva show, so. <laughs> it's kind of weird, yeah. Mm-hmm. You uh, saw the ladies backstage watching a, a soap. 
Mm-hmm. And, that, and that's how he uh, rewrote the whole show. Like the soap. I don't know, man. Drastic changes need to happen. And I think AEW um, hopefully makes WWE change in some way. But I don't think we'll see that for probably another two years, in my opinion. Yeah, especially if they keep making weirdo booking decisions. <laughs> but, but here's my po- here's here's the positivity now, and then we get into I guess the other little things before the list. Mm-hmm. I I recently got a copy of Jim Cornette's comic Behind the Curtain: Real Pro Wrestling Stories, mm-hmm. and uh, I was like, "Oh, I'm gonna read this. It's gonna be great." And I I got caught up with all my other reading material and read it recently, and it was really good. Like I, I am a I am a cult of Cornet member. I don't mm. have the official card, but like I am one. <laughs> but that aside, objectively, it was it was very good. It was it was really cool. There were several really cool stories in there. Um, I, I still gotta buy it. There's a it shows like he talks about the thing with Andy Kaufman and Jerry Lawler. That was cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's one about Sputnik Monroe, which I don't think a lot of people really know about. Um, who was like, he was kind of the guy that he helped kind of like bust up the segregation in uh, Memphis uh, back in the day because he had, he attracted so many black fans. Mm-hmm. And it was like, it, that became a thing for his character. He, like the, they were still segregating the arena and he was like demanding, like they let, you should let the black fans in. That's not fair that you, you don't let my fans in the arena. And he was supposed to be like a heel. And he actually did cause he actually did cause like social change in Memphis. It's like crazy. Holy shit, that's awesome. Yeah, it's kind of like it's sort of an unknown, like really cool wrestling story. And then of course there's like the Ric Flair, like the plane crash where Ric Flair fucking broke his back and shit. It's crazy. <laughs> God damn. There's there's lots of cool ones. He even talks about the Montreal Screwjob. That's probably the longest story just because of all the setup and everything for it. Um. I gotta get it. Really cool though. Yeah, it's a good good stuff. Good art. He even has like little clippings to back up his stories out of like the newspapers and everything. Like some of these unbelievable ones, like a guy going to the hospital to bring his dead mother out of the hospital. Like shit like that. <laughs> like, Jesus. Just crazy fucking shit, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So re- re- recommend. You know, if you like comics, you like wrestling, go find it. It's it's on Amazon or something. Well, since you talked about Cornette, I guess we'll go into a little NWA power. That's right. Um, last episode was the one that you watched, by the way. Uh, yeah, I, episode two. Yeah, I kind of liked Starks, by the way, the, the little Spanish guy. I Ricky thought, Starks. Yeah, Ricky Starks. I thought he was really, really good on the mic. and Yeah, he's, he's got something. And he's got some good moves, too. I just think he he paired up with somebody. Uh, oh, he was paired up with the uh, what's his fucking name? Trevor he, Murdoch. Yeah, there you go. Or just like yeah, he's he's been gone for a while. <laughs> yeah, I kind of felt like because he was too young and he he, he kind of did a little, little flips and flops and all this stuff because that's how modern wrestling is. But what I love about NWA is that they keep that shit grounded. Like, they don't do it too much like AEW does. Yeah. Uh, that's, oh, uh, Mr. Anderson 
is with uh, Colt Cabana. I fucking hate Colt Cabana. <laughs> what's what's with his is his character just to be annoying? I think like he thinks he's fucking funny and clever and shit, and like he's being entertaining quotes. Mm. But like to me, like this is just everything aside that I know about the guy. To me, it's just like he's coming off like a fucking annoying loudmouth. Mm-hmm. Like, but he he's not heel, so it's like weird. Yeah. Like, I don't know, man. I never liked him to be honest. I I only popped for uh, Mr. Anderson or whatever, Mr. Kennedy, whatever the fuck. He Ken is. Anderson, he still looks pretty good. You know, he's better than what I remember the last time I saw him. So I guess he did improve. Yeah, his pop, uh, I popped for his intro only. I was like, yes. I, I did not fucking like him when he was in WWE. I thought he was boring as fuck. Like, it, and that, that was early in his career, you know? Mm-hmm. So, like, and, and then he was in TNA for a while, and that was like, that, that, this fucking guy, you know, when they had that stigma of getting WWE cast-offs all the time, and it was like, even people that were like, really, you fucking signed that guy? Mm-hmm. It's making you look desperate, you know? Like, he to me, he came off like one of those guys, sort of, because he had, like, a lot of potential in WWE if you remember, and then it was just like he had some matches, and then like a lot of his matches at WWE just weren't good. I think, if I remember correctly, didn't Eddie Guerrero last match was against Anderson? Yes. That's, Eddie Guerrero's last match was against uh, Ken Anderson. Mm-hmm. That's a small, not fun fact because Eddie Guerrero, the one of the greats, died. Yes, rest, rest in, in power, brother. <laughs> <laughs> um, the the funny like adult swim commercials uh, started showing up in this one. <laughs> we we were just telling our friend Andy if Andy's listening right now. If you're in the chat, I think I saw you in uh in there, but uh, they had a a uh, commercial where it's about like waffles and tire irons. <laughs> yeah, and then they and then were... Austin Idol's pimping his fucking his training school. Yeah, killer, 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 killer real estate. <laughs> I like it. That has Billy Corgan written all over it. By the way, because Billy Corgan is weird, and uh... yeah, it sounds like something he came up with. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I think it's a good touch. I don't know. How... Do you think Jim Cornette would think it was funny or stupid? He probably thinks it's stupid, but like, you know, hey, I, I say full disclosure, I don't agree with everything he says. Mm-hmm. But, I, and that would be Nistis where I don't. I think it's unique. I think during that time, a lot of local uh, commercials did sound like that, and some local commercials still do sound like that, of what they do. I yeah. mean, not not like stupid, like, waffles and tire irons. <laughs> Like not not like that, but just the quality of it, because it's still trying to stick yeah. to that '80s and '90s look to it. <clears throat> um, trying to think, what was the main event of that, by the way? Um, let me see. It was the wild card or wild cards, the the tag champs against Eddie Kingston and Homicide mm-hmm. for the the titles. And then, the, um, then they got uh, interrupted by the Dawsons, right? Yeah, the Dawsons came out and just fucked with everybody. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> which was like kind of funny. Uh, I like Kingston. Like, I, I think he's a good promo, man. Like he's, he's a loud mouth too, but it's in a good way where you, you like listening to him. Wait until you see episode three, <laughs> by the way. Oh my God. Like there was that one part in the match where he, he, he yelled at the other, the smaller guy, his name's Royce or something. Mm-hmm. He, he said something like, you do blah, blah, fuck you up or something. Like it bleeped it out. And I was like, oh shit. <laughs> And then, like, Jim Cornette was like, this is a... This is a family show. Yeah, there you go. Sorry. <laughs> but I, oh. I'll quickly say what he did. Uh, I thought it was pretty funny. I don't know if it was planned or not, actually, because uh, in the beginning of episode three, and I'm sorry for jumping around, but in episode three, uh, they're starting to show off, like, Jim Cornette and Joe are talking, and then all of a sudden, Kingston comes out. And, like, Cornette, like, always trips over his, like, head mic to get a, a microphone so he could interview Kingston. Because he's like, this wasn't planned. And, and he, like, almost falls, Jim Cornette. And, like, Kingston. Oh, he, he was talking about that on his podcast, actually. <laughs> he was saying, like, his, his leg got wrapped up in the mic cable or some shit. <laughs> and he, so, like, he, he basically he had to stand on one leg or something. It was, like, crazy. Yeah, so, like, Kingston comes out, and he's, like, cutting a promo, and it was funny because he kept on saying, Cornette, you're the greatest, and all that stuff, because I think this wasn't planned at all. I think he just came in, or maybe Billy Corgan is like, hey, just fucking go out there and do something. Hey, all their, yeah, all their promos are unscripted. Uh, Cornette was on record for saying that. There were no scripted promos. Mm-hmm. So, that's a thing. And there's one part where I'm not even going to say it. I'm going to let you watch it. And I fucking burst it out laughing. And you could tell Cornette was like, yeah, I'm kind of messing up your promo right now. <laughs> so I'll just shut up. <laughs> okay. Yeah. But uh, back back to episode two. Um, really li- liked it. Everything was solid. I th- Sandow was another uh, big uh, surprise. <clears throat> Yeah, that was the big surprise there. He's in NWA now, and he's back in wrestling. Mm-hmm. And his gimmick, the, his gimmick is he's like an actor, kind of like the Miz, but like his gimmick is more, nobody should look at him. You have to look away when you talk to him. <laughs> it's a little bit more grounded. It's not as ridiculous. But, um, yeah, it's nice. The crowd was kind of like fucking ruining his promo a little bit which i think was something you were going to get into mm-hmm. if you want me to and bring, then if you want me to bring that up uh later just tell me or now yeah i will i will after this because this is going to pretty much finish up my episode two thoughts mm-hmm. there was a there was a women's match it had allison k and ashley vox who's like somebody i've never heard of before mm-hmm. and i guess allison k is like their champion i was like oh yeah i remember her she's in the may young classic the second one she had that good match with, I think it was Mercedes Martinez. Yeah, she had a good, she's good on the mic too. Everybody was good on the mic in this episode. Yeah, she did a pretty good job. Like, I, I like her. She's solid. The, that Vox girl was pretty good too. She's fast. Like, I think if she sticks around, like, maybe they could do something with her. Yeah. Um, Eli Drake had a, a promo with James Storm because James Storm was doing, I drink beer and I'm, you know, I'm a champ and all that stuff. Just as usual shit that he talks about. Yeah, Eli Drake came out and kind of showed him up, I thought, mm-hmm. <laughs> a little bit. Um, 
I like that whole interview thing they were building up with Nick Aldis the whole time. Like, the whole show, they were talking, bringing that up. Like, this, we're going to do this interview. He got pissed at me last episode, but we're going to, we're going to smooth, we smoothed it over and we're going to talk. And, you know, and the, it's kind of creating intrigue with him and his insurance policy. Is that what she is? Yeah. I think that's what he called her. I didn't want to call her a valet because she's too fucking big to be a valet. <laughs> Like she's, she looks like a damn Amazon or some shit. Like, so it was the whole thing is like, Hey, Camille, you want to say anything? She didn't say anything. I guess that's her thing right now. She doesn't talk. What do you, what do you think is going to transpire from that storyline? Do you think, uh, that maybe he's being a controlling man and not making her speak? Or do you think like they're just not talking to Joe because, Fuck you, Joe. <laughs> I think it's a thing where, like, it's a business thing, and she just feels like, oh, I don't, I don't need to talk. Mm-hmm. Like, my gut tells me something will happen. Like, he'll piss her off or something somehow. Something will happen, and things will go sideways with him. And then she'll, she'll finally say something, and then it'll get a big reaction, and she'll probably turn babyface. That's my thought. Okay. I, I'm thinking that. Probably along the same lines of what you're thinking is that she's she either a might get uh, clotheslined again. <laughs> God, yeah, she took it like a champ too. <laughs> and I was close to the bleachers too. I'm glad her head didn't hit the bleachers. Um, yeah, but I think something will happen where she gets hit again, and uh, Joe being. Uh, I love what he said the the other episode. He's like, "I'm a reporter. I'm a journalist. I'm a commentator, but I take my journal journalist uh, seriously, and that's why we're having this interview." I like how Nick Aldis was like he was trying to talk shit to him in that interview. He was like, "Oh, you probably won a Pulitzer or whatever, blah blah." He's like, "Actually, I've won like uh, this many awards, this many awards." <laughs> he listed <laughs> off like several awards. He's like, "So yes, I am a legitimate like dr- like journalist. So let let's do this." <laughs> He like threw it back in his face. I was like, "Oh, oh!" The interviewers got got a little bit bite, a little mm-hmm. bit of Mean Gene Okerlund there. <laughs> yeah, it just it's interesting. I I think, and what's great about that like storyline is, you have Nick Aldis who's a great uh, sto- uh, promo person and a great wrestler, but then you have this like woman who's not talking at all. And her not talking is way much better than every WWE promo that's been happening lately. And she's not even saying Some... a word. Yeah, you don't, not everybody needs to talk. It's just like, and there's different ways to get over. You don't have to always get over by talking. Like, this is a case, this is an instance where that's proven true. The whole thing here is, there's intrigue created just by her not talking. People are interested in what the deal is there. Mm-hmm. So... There you go. Yeah. So, so was that your uh, thoughts in episode two? It was it, overall. It was it was another good episode. Um, so far, I think this is probably the most consistent show out of everything new that's come out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I guess I haven't seen episode three yet, but the third episode of Dynamite was kind of mixed ish for me. <laughs> yeah, I'll quickly talk about episode three of Ben WA. I'm not going to go into deep detail because maybe we'll talk about that next week when you watch it. Um, but anyway, uh, episode three, the crowd starts to become out of control, in my opinion. 
there was a lot of lot of talking during the Dawson's promo when I think Dawson's should have uh, had more speak on what they were gonna do to uh, because after Kingston said he wanted to fight the that that was the thing with Cornette uh, is the whole reason he came out is he wanted to challenge the Dawson's for coming in messing up their match from episode yeah. uh, two so. The Dawson's were supposed to come out and be like, well, we're not going to face you because, you know, fuck you. But at the whole time, like, people were, like, yelling and trying to making stupid jokes. And then when Sandow came out to do his promo, like, he had actually had to work with the crowd because the crowd was talking way too much. And what, yeah. what really annoyed me, too, is uh, <clears throat> when Tim Storm came out, uh, for another promo that he's going to be doing. I'm not going to spoil that one for you either. You're going to have to watch that for yourself. But uh, Tim, okay. Tim Storm came out, and you could hear literally people speaking, like talking to each other, like not even paying attention to Tim Storm. And That's fucked up, man, because I, I actually really like him. Yeah, it, it it's just either A, they have to figure a way to um because this is recorded they could find a way to edit the the crowd sound a little bit maybe yeah possibly muffle it a little bit like still have the crowd like popping and shit and doing chants but when they're doing promos you gotta find a way to either make the wrestlers mics loud and to muffle the sound of the crowd because when they're doing those stupid jokes it ruins the promos for these wrestlers and it should not do that. But uh, yeah, especially on like a major angle like Tim Storm, mm-hmm. it's like I don't know. I feel like that's kind of shitty because I feel like they did a good job setting him up as like a sympathetic babyface guy. Yeah, like legit, yeah. legitimately, he's sympathetic. I haven't felt that way about babyface in a long time. Because mm-hmm. like, Mama Storm, uh, Mama Storm, <laughs> <laughs> Mom, yeah. <laughs> Um, what was weird about this episode is it was only like 48 minutes. It was a little shorter. Yeah, and I think the reason why is because I think the crowd was a little rowdy and they probably had to cut a lot of shit out, which is sad, in my opinion. Maybe. I don't know. Cornette hasn't said anything about that, so it might have just been that that was all they had for that episode, maybe. Probably. Who knows? But, uh... We'll talk about that next week on episode three. Maybe we'll have like both episode three and four to talk about just how kind of like we talked about two and three today. Yeah. Let's quickly talk about Dynamite. Um, what, what did you want to bring up that was kind of like a mixed bag for you? Oh, like it was just how the whole show was executed in a way. Like just, just there were various little problems that mounted. Mm-hmm. And then there was like the really big problem in the middle of the show. I think we both agree on. <laughs> and, uh, but it's like it wasn't it wasn't a bad show. It was just this was the first sign of I saw things kind of breaking down a little bit on TV. Mm-hmm. Like it's not quite reminding me of like the things that really aggravated me on like you know fucking all out or anything. But uh, like. The the first match it had like SCU against uh uh best friends. Mm-hmm. I, and it, oh go ahead. 
I, I think because uh, before that even happened, we knew about Luchasaurus being injured with a hamstring injury. And yeah. we knew he was going to be out. So thinking that the Lucha Bros beating up SCU somehow was somehow going to be bleeding into the Luchadors or something like that. Not, Lu- not Luchadors, oh my god. Uh, Boy and his dinosaur or Jurassic Express, whatever they're called. Um, that somehow they were going to like skip that match. I The way I saw that was that they were trying to take out competition before mm-hmm. they got further. Because, like, like, in my mind, like, it's like, okay, out of those two teams, SCU and Best Friends, who is the bigger fucking threat? <laughs> SCU. Yeah. Like, obviously. Like, they're, they're all three really good. Even when even though Daniels is, like, about 50 like Jericho is, he's, he's still fucking good. Well, think about it, though. Look. Because AEW is supposed to be a little sporty, uh, with like real life sports sports thing. If yeah. The, if the Lucha Bros, supposedly. Yeah. If the Lucha, <laughs> if the Lucha Bros beat up SCU, like they could have had a thing where like because Lucha Bros beat up SCU, they're not having a match tonight, or maybe they might get, you know. Oh, like they could get a penalty. Yeah. See, oh, that's that's not bad. That I kind of like that. That's interesting. Because mm-hmm. I don't think anybody's ever done anything like that. <laughs> yeah, and it just weirded me out. It's like, oh, so they just wanted to get the young guy over? I, I, I don't know. Cause it, was, I, it is a little weird. That's all I could get out of it, you know? Yeah, so that was kind of weird, but at the same time, uh, I don't know how to say the the black guy's name. What What, what is his name? Scorpio Sky. Scorpio Sky. Um, his name's easy to say. You just didn't remember it. I was thinking of the other guys. <laughs> Scars, whatever his name is. The one he teamed uh, up with. So scary, whatever. Whatever. I'm I'm bad. Shut up. SCU. I don't know, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> the not Daniel's person. <laughs> Kazarian? Yeah, there you go. I don't know how to say that. Frankie Kazarian. I'm just gonna call him Frankie. You forgot his name too. I'm just you gonna... forgot his name. I just know SCU. <laughs> um, oh my god! But Scorpio Sky match, was good. Yeah, I liked what they did. Where it's like, oh, you know, the outside of the weirdness of Lucha Brothers logic and the logic of them getting away with it or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, I liked Scorpio Sky was in street clothes. It was just like what the fuck? Uh, he's like, I'm going to fill in. Can you let me do that? And then he's like, I guess, why not? Freebird rule, brother. <laughs> he just put on like wrist tape and just got in there. I was like, wow, like that's street clothes, man. Remember street clothes? Yeah. <laughs> it's fucking weird when guys show up and they're just in their merch and then like they're, they're wearing their trucks. It's just so fucking strange. And he had like one tennis shoe on. Yeah, he lost his shoe, and then the ch- the crowd chanted, lost his shoe, or some bullshit. I'm fucking, speaking of crowds doing stupid shit, like, it's like, really? You guys chant for that? Like, I mean, I get it. The best friends are in the ring. Chuck Taylor is the fucking shits, but whatever. I don't like Chuck Taylor, okay? <laughs> like, I, he's fucking awful, dude. I don't know how the fuck he has a job. 
Well, let's look on the positive side. There was no Orange Cassidy except a fucking kid who liked Orange Cassidy in the front row. He looked like Orange Cassidy. I mean, whatever. It wasn't him. (laughs) (laughs) But Chuck Taylor sucks, man. He's all uncoordinated. He just looks like fucking... He doesn't give a shit. Like, he walks weird. Mm -hmm. It's like... The way he moves around, like, he has no sense of urgency in the ring, and he doesn't have any facial expressions. It's like he's just walking around with his, his arms down at his waist. <laughs> it's like, aren't you in a competition? Like, you know, aren't you in, a, like, a simulated combat? Why are you walking around like that? Who knows? He sucks. End of story. Um, <laughs> there was two incidents last, uh, last episode of AEW that... The rules are inconsistent. Like Yeah, this has been a, a reoccurring thing for me. <laughs> like the Lucha Bros versus uh, the Jurassic Express. There was a part where uh, one of the Lucha Bros like tagged in while they were inside the ring. Yeah. And I was yeah, I was confused by that as all hell. <laughs> it was allowed. And it was like either A it was a mess up and then he was supposed to like, either A, the referee just missed it and just made it like, oh, he tagged him, he's in. Oh, that reminds me, since we're talking about this right now, you said, do you still kind of keep up with New Japan? Not lately, because everybody's in AEW now. That I oh, like okay, so uh, I was telling my one of my buddies at work about this. Uh, he He's way more bigger on New Japan, like and has been for the past few years. He still watches that, mainly. Mm-hmm. But I was telling him about what's been going on with AEW, and I was bitching at him about like how the rules don't get enforced, and it's all weird and shit. Mm-hmm. And I was referencing this specifically, and I told him that, and he's like, "That's how they do it in Japan." And I'm no, like, "What?" No, yeah. He's like, "Okay, okay." So like, I, I I never heard about that. So okay, then fine. <laughs> I mean, I never seen it. So either a he's lying, or. He just didn't Maybe he understand. was just confused. Yeah, I think he was confused. Because <laughs> I've never heard that, where like guys could just be in the ring, and then the other guy's in the ring too, and it's like, I touched him, he's in. Well, what was really fucked up is, uh, I think it was Phoenix. Uh, he he held on to the little rope thingy in, out inside the ring, and I'm like, that's fucking stupid. So all you gotta do no. is... All you, gotta, all you gotta hold is that little rope? Like, is that the thing in the AEW? He, he might have also been saying, like, I was I was telling him about how, like, nobody gets counted down when they're in the ring illegally, mm-hmm. you know? It, is that a thing? Do, do the guys in Japan not get counted down when they're in a ring and tag match illegally? I will agree with him on that one. There are times where the referee is, like, allowing it in a way. Okay, I think that's what he meant, was, like, Japanese rules was that, actually. Okay. It was, okay. So, like, I was like, okay, I wasn't aware of that. And then he also explained, like, they count to 20 on the outside instead of 10. Yeah, but they do it really quickly. <laughs> yeah, he told me that. It was, like, really fast. I was like, then why is it 20? Just do 10. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck's the difference? <laughs> I don't know. I think they were just trying to be different. They're like, instead of 10, 20. And I'm like, okay, then you hear one, two, three. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Yeah, but there's like a big problem with referees and rules, and it's just like, I don't either. They're not doing something right, mm-hmm. 
or they they have their own rule set and they haven't told anybody yet. Uh, well, <laughs> yes. I, I told you on Facebook. I was like, they might be just. We just have to watch a couple of them once to see if it's still consistent in a way that we can be like, yeah. oh, I guess you can tag people inside the ring. It seems like I'm making a big deal about it, but it's just that like that's the way it's been presented to us for like my whole life. Oh yeah, like that's, you know the street fight. You know? Remember Philadelphia Street Fight? Yeah, and then like well, Jericho had Darby Allen in the walls, and he was on the ropes or some shit, and mm. Aubrey Edwards was counting him at down, and I was like, "It's a street fight." I truly think that was a mistake, but the thing I think it was too. But I, but the thing is, she did it twice, and that really bothered me. That might have just been an inexperience. The crowd didn't fucking let her forget it, though. Mm-hmm. They yelled, "This is a that's it's a street fight." And I was like, "Ouch, guys!" The crowd's pointing out your mistakes. <laughs> and I wonder if Jericho likes her, by the way, because that's the second time she was in a Jericho match. He does. He 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 officially likes her. He stated that, so he likes having her in his matches. Cool. Jericho's got the stroke. <laughs> El champion. El champion. <laughs> a little bit of bubbly. Um, a little bit of bubbly, brother. Um, but yeah, that that whole episode was kind of about them pushing all the tag matches. There was the Mar- Marco Stunt was in this fucking tag match, and it was bullshit because he's five foot nothing, mm-hmm. and it's just fucking ridiculous. And I, the, everybody's making like dumbass comparisons and shit. Like, well, it's like Rey Mysterio. Like, even Jericho said that. Now, he's probably just fucking defending it because he has to. Or there was, a, I think it was Jericho, so it was like, oh, Dean Malenko was short. I'm like, come on, bro. Dean Malenko? You can't fucking Fuck. compare no. Marco Stunt to Dean Malenko. Or or Ray. Mm. <laughs> oh, my God. Like, both those comparisons are ridiculous because it's like, Marco Stunt doesn't have the athleticism like they do. In either style, he's just not capable. There were some moves where I was like, oh, that was pretty cool. But then he, like, he ruined it by just going to the floss dance. And I'm like, all right. He's got he's got a little fun act, you know, where, like, Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus throw him at people. And he does, like, a Hurricane Rana and stuff. But it's like, he can't. It's, why, <clears throat> how can he fucking affect Pentagon, you know? Like, he's not a big guy. Like, Pentagon's not a big guy compared to other wrestlers, but he's kind of big for a luchador guy. You know, he's kind of thick. Yeah, and that's what really bothered me, how they booked that match, where uh, Marco Stunt was, like, putting damage on the Lucha Bros. And, like, really, that's not... Like, it would have made more sense if Jungle Boy was carrying Marco Stunt. Like... Yeah. Like they could if it made... was a thing like Marco, like if he was just getting his ass kicked the whole time, that would have been different. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, <sighs> but uh, well, it's like I, oh, literally Marco stunt. This isn't an exaggeration. Is literally like a hundred and two pounds. Mm-hmm. How the fuck can he damage adult men? <laughs> and what's funny is like Rio is like the same size as him, but Rio is like. 10 times better than him because, you know, she wrestled since she was like 11 years old. And plus, you know, I don't know, the weight between women is a little bit more comparable. There's less variable there. 
I it's mean, like, oh, she's 98 pounds. Britt Baker probably weighs like 130, you know? Mm-hmm. Okay, big deal. It's not like <clears throat> Marco Stutz trying to hit Pentagon, and Pentagon looks like he's he's over 200 pounds. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty much like a dull episode. Where I was like, oh, okay. I mean, I understand what they're doing here. I liked Jericho and Darby Allen. I liked that match. Oh, that dude, was cool. when he got uh, taped behind his back and he was doing all those moves and shit. Yeah. He, he was way better. The only... Yeah, like, that was really cool, man. I, I can say I've never seen that before, you know? I mean, some might say you've seen it with Orange Cassidy, but f- fuck you. <laughs> yeah, fuck. I mean, look, this was like Jericho's being a heel asshole and he was, like, fucking restricting him. He wasn't like, oh, I don't fucking care about this. I'm going to wrestle with my hands in my pockets. Like, it wasn't like that. He, <laughs> he, he climbed to the top rope or jumped to the top rope with his hands behind his back. He did a few moves. He almost fucking pow-drived himself on that one top rope. <laughs> I was like, god damn, he almost landed on his head. He's lucky. Mm-hmm. But, like, the only criticism I have in this <clears> match <throat> is it kind of made Jericho look a little weak. Because he was kind of getting his ass kicked by a guy with no hands. Yeah, but they... (laughs) Yeah, I guess. But, you know, something with Cody and Jericho wanting to put Darby a little over is kind of pretty cool in a way. Because out of, like, you know, Darby and Jelly Janela and... um, (laughs) God damn it. Uh, what's his name? The one who staples people, like Darby. Jimmy Havoc. Yeah, Darby was like the one where I was like, he's talented. I mean, he may have that yeah. little stupid punk skater gimmick thing. Who cares? Yeah, he's got something to him. I'll, I'll give him that. Out of those three, fucking Joey Janelle's not even the damn conversation. He fucking sucks and he's stupid. Kind of, a, kind of a side note, and I know you hate both wrestlers. Well, not hate Kenny Omega. You just hate how he does things. Um, yeah, uh, he's a good. He he is a good mechanically speaking and doing moves and everything. Wrestler It's just his everything else he does pisses me off. <laughs> but one of the dark matches that they had, and I believe two episodes ago, um, he had a good hardcore match with Joey Janela, and there was a lot of people that thought that too. So. Huh. I gotta watch uh, AEW Dark. What do you think about that, by the way, of them using it as a YouTube show? Um, That's good for the hardcore fans that want more. Mm-hmm. And that's also good for, like, if you want to see somebody else get showcased that hasn't made TV yet. Like, that was the f- first uh, match where I could see Britt Baker do something that wasn't a stupid battle royal or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Because I was I was curious to see how she would do. And I like her finisher, by the way. That fucking stretch with the mandible claw. Like, what the hell? I like <laughs> Looks how, like it fuck you up, man. Yeah, I like how Rio, like, turned it on her. Yeah, like, I was like... Uh, I was conflicted about that. <laughs> well, like, I... Riho's okay, but it's just like, I don't know. I think, like, they got, they, they got kind of something with Britt Baker there. I think eventually, I, I I think whoever, if Rio has a match at uh, full gear, um, I think she's going to lose it there because not a lot of people are behind her. I mean, they do cheer her. I just, 
yeah, like I think it's weird that they put their title on her. Like she's that was a Kenny nothing move. against her. Yeah, it's that's totally what it smacks of because supposedly he's in charge of booking the women's division, mm-hmm. and he loves Japan so much. And it's just like if you're starting a wrestling company, an American wrestling company, why would you push like a Japanese female wrestler nobody's ever heard of? Mm-hmm. Like if it was Asuka it's... in AEW, that would make a lot of sense if she was the first champion because everybody knows. Yeah, her. everybody. Yeah, everybody knows who she is, but nobody knows Rio. Mm. <laughs> and she can't cut a promo, as far as I can tell. Mm-mm. She might not be able to. Like Asuka can kind of say something. Yeah, she says, like, three but, words, like, I kill you, or something like that. I will kill you, you stupid girl. <laughs> and then, <laughs> and speak, then it's like, I believe it. <laughs> and then speak Japanese really loudly after speaking English. <laughs> I like when she gets really mad, she just says something in Japanese that sounds intimidating. Yeah. <laughs> because it works. <laughs> I like what she did at the Nia Jax. <laughs> yeah, she just freaked out. She was like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> like she cast a spell on her or some shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But, yeah, that episode was okay. It was okay. Yeah, we'll see how they do in this episode. Uh, They are going to have more tag teams because of the tournament, and they want to have the finals to be on full gear. So, uh, Private Party is facing uh, Lucha Bros, and then SCU is facing Dark Order uh, tomorrow night. Oh, God. Yeah, and uh, apparently they added the Young Bucks versus uh, Best Friends. I think. Oh, fuck. I like Trent Beretta. He needs to drop that fuck. Like, just, <laughs> uh, he's so awful. You know what's bullshit is his name? They're like, his Twitter handle is like Sexy Chucky T or something like that. <laughs> And then it's like, I remember, I can remember when I was watching All Out, like he did one of those dives, and it's just like, at this point, that dive's not special. You know, the suicide dive through the ropes? Yeah. Fucking everybody does that now. Mm-hmm. And then, like, he did it, and then, like, fucking Excalibur marked out or something. <laughs> he was like, sexy Chucky e. T! Did, did, did you notice <laughs> you know? that Excalibur's being more calm now? Yeah, he needs to be. <laughs> I was like, I, I was like looking at him and I'm like, what? He's not even, no, he's not even good looking. He's like, just kind of like average. Mm-hmm. Is, that the, is that supposed to be a thing? Like, it's funny. I don't know. I, <laughs> I, I'm starting to hate the whole, every time, you know, they're in a the ring, they have to do like this big zoom out thing when they hug on the camera. That's dumb. It's dumb. But uh, that got added, and I forgot the other matches that were... I, I'm into the tag team tournament. I want to see who they want to put over. Um, I think it's going to be um, either SCU or it's going to be Dark Order with the championship. I think it's going to be on that side. Oh my god, if they pick Dark Order, that's going to be fucking awful. Mm, because you would think Lucha Bros would get it, but that's too obvious. Like they, They've been having those like AAA tag team championships on the pay-per-views before the product got launched and stuff. I think, yeah. I think they're going to want to choose somebody different. And I think it was going to be Jurassic Express, but Luchasaurus got injured. 
man, like the other guy in Dark Order, Stu Grayson, mm-hmm. <clears throat> he's actually pretty good. But that fucking fat guy, he's like, he's not. He's I've seen much worse than him, honestly. There's much worse than him in AEW, really. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just that that gimmick is fucking stupid. Nobody likes it. I I would like to see Private Party get it, but I just don't think they're they're not going to give him the title right away. They need to give it to SCU. That's the only bet that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. It's, just let them do it. Yeah, give the uh, veteran and new kid a championship. There you go. All right, anything else before we move on to our list? Nope. I've other than you know I've been neglecting NXT lately. There's. <laughs> It's not on purpose. Yeah, I've always had a problem watching the uh, main show of NXT, even when it was on the the network. I kind of just liked the pay-per-view. Sometimes I would just, I would fall out of watching it just like by habit. Mm Mm-hmm. I just fall behind, and I'm just like, "Fuck!" I'm like four episodes behind. Like what I was tell, what I was telling myself when this shit started up. Then I found out, oh, they're still going to put the episodes on the network. It seems like they put them on a week later or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, it could even be the day after, for all I know. I, I got to check into that. Uh, if it is the day after, I'm just going to watch the NXT the, the day after. <laughs> yeah, because I, I, I can't record fucking Dynamite. I don't have a DVR or anything. Meh. <laughs> so I got to watch it when it comes on. And I'd rather watch Dynamite, even though NXT is good. It just like it's different. It doesn't have that WWE feel to it. Even though that's it's... true. That's that's another reason why I, I kind of watch it right now. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think it's time to do our uh, top twelve. Are you ready? This is a top twelve, a twelve pack. Mm-hmm. It's, no, uh, none of that ten and five bullshit. We're always twelve. We're doing twelve, brother. Nice twelve pack, and it's. The the list is of wrestling themes, and it could be like theme from the show intro or a pay per view, or most likely a wrestler. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I don't know how we want to do this. Are we gonna go like back and forth? This is twelve. This is eleven. Yeah, we'll do like I say twelve, and you say twelve, and then eleven, and eleven, and ten, and ten. Okay. Um, and then, like, we can, I guess we can explain why we like it or something. Yeah, do like a quick snip, s- s- snippet of um, why you snippet. want it. Yeah, there you go. But, yeah, okay, that's ba- that's basically how I thought it would go. Um, before we start it, was there any little honorable mentions, something you had to cut that hurt you or anything? Uh, just two, um... The uh, night, the Attitude Era SmackDown intro, where it's like, I think that's <laughs> human. I don't know why that was so funny, but it was. <laughs> you need to get on making that the intro for this fucking show. <laughs> I never knew the lyrics, and I just said, (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god, that's great. (laughs) And then uh, another one is uh, pretty new. 
the new NWA power intro. It's like, into the fire! Yeah, it's a song by Dawkin. Mm-hmm. Um, I had I had a bunch that, I, like, I, I basically wrote out, like, everything that I thought was, like, a good theme. Mm-hmm. And then just cut it down over, like, going down the list kind of thing, moving things. Mm-hmm. And I got, like, f- like, four that I put aside that were, like, okay, these are really good, but I, they can't make the list. Okay, so what is it? So one is the Raw is War 97 theme, Thorn in Your Eye. Mm-hmm. Do you remember the intro for that? Uh, it, it was another lyric thing that was un, you couldn't understand, right? Correct? Am I right? I could understand some of it, like, a little bit. It, it comes and goes. <laughs> but it's like a fucking metal theme, like a, a hard rock metal, like in, in lieu of the late 90s. Oh, isn't that the one that's like, and I'm going to, I'm not even going to say the lyrics, I'm just going to say something like, and about to do the pork chops or something like that. Something like it's kind of, you know, like that. Yeah. That um, and I love that intro. It was like, I remember the first time I saw him, like, that's so cool. It was like, it, it was like some kind of weird abandoned warehouse and there was like fucking barrels, trash barrels on fire. And it was like stone cold was like walking through this area. And then all of a sudden there was like a ring and it was just like, everybody was fighting in this dingy, like fucked up warehouse. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, this music was like really aggressive and like the visuals and everything. It, it, it perfectly fit the time, you know, of, of like the product, what it was like and like, what they were presenting. They should have had a warehouse match. <laughs> warehouse match. I always liked that intro, though. It's fucking cool. Mm-hmm. To me, it's the best intro and theme for the show that they ever had. <laughs> um, another one I had, because this this gets into like the disclaimer I was going to make, which was like when I finished my list, I realized it's just full of WWE themes. <laughs> and I was like, Oh, you're just a WWE mark. It's like, no, I have a couple here from WCW and one TNA theme, believe it or not. Okay. And it was just that the thing was at the end of the day, the guy that they had doing the music for WWF, WE, whatever, is Jim Johnson. He's amazing. Mm-hmm. He's just, he's has more musical talent than what these other people had. Mine is strictly WWE, everything. My top See? Like, like they had, like WCW had like a decent music department, but a lot of it was, it wasn't like super memorable themes really. Mm-hmm. And TNA had like a decent guy. The TNA theme is Raven's TNA theme. You ever hear that? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's cool. Cause it's kind of a callback to his WCW theme, but it's also different. Mm-hmm. I like, I like that. Then there was the Sting Crow theme when he first fucking appeared, like at Starcade '97. Fucking awesome! That was that's like one of the coolest intros ever in wrestling, honestly. And that theme is like it's just like when you watch that entrance and you know he's in the ring and the music's still playing, it's like you get like goosebumps and shit. Mm-hmm. And it's like the culmination of that whole angle. What sucks? The reason why I chopped it off the list is because it lost its power after Sting lost at Starcade. <laughs> <laughs> Like it, and that one, it's the first time he ever wrestled. So it was the first time you ever heard that theme and it was badass. And then he lost and it just kind of killed Sting. I think, <laughs> I think on Eric Bischoff and, uh, 
Conrad's podcast, like, they actually had an actual yelling match on why, like, you know, Sting lost that match, and it was how how stupid it was. Like, Conrad was saying how stupid it was. And Bischoff was defending his position. Yeah, like always. Which was probably just Hogan talked him into it. Mm-hmm. He just doesn't want to admit it. <laughs> but, and then the, the last honorable mention is self high five. You know DDP's good WCW theme. It's me. It's me. It's DDP. The self high five was just like come was was like smells like Teen Spirit. It was just a cover of that, but it was just DDP fucking saying shit. Mm-hmm. And it was like, oh, that theme's cool. Like I just I I recognized what it was and I thought it was cool. But it's a little chintzy because of what it is. It's a cover. Yeah. So I didn't. I it didn't make the cut. And if you watch the WWE Network and you watch old WCW shows, you're not going to hear that theme. They edit all that stuff out. All the WCW themes that were like covers are edited out and replaced with like production music. <laughs> Stupid. Because they're afraid to get sued. I mean, I don't blame them since the World Wild Federation, uh, whatever. <laughs> the World Wildlife Foundation. Fuck it. <laughs> Fuck it. <laughs> but, but yeah, that was that was mine. <laughs> All right. Are you start? Uh, are you ready for number twelve? I'm ready. All right. So my number twelve. The reason why I picked this is because I always used to, you know, say it when he came out. Oh, you didn't know? Oh, shit. Your ass better call somebody. And, like, I fucking loved it. I, the reason why I made uh, it made it is because I always mark out. Even when he comes out now with Billy. Well, he's not going to come out now because Billy comes with AEW. But, uh, <laughs> but when he did, um, before he went to AEW, I, I still used to go... Oh, you know, it's me, it's me, it's that D-O-double-D. <laughs> you know, him spelling out his name. His name is Road Dog, and his thing is, he spells his name. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I always used to like when Billy Gunn used to get on Mike, because he's not a big Mike person. He would just scream he just it. Said, yeah, if you're not down with that. Got two words for you, suck it. And <laughs> that's why it's my number 12. <laughs> You know what's really funny about that tag team? What? Is that they, they switch opposite roles depending on what's happening, like what they're doing. So, like, in the promo, it was always Road Dog talking, and then Billy Gunn would say, like, one or two things. Mm-hmm. In the match, Road Dog would spend almost the entire match getting his ass kicked. <laughs> he would barely get... He'd do, some, he'd do his little jab punches... And he would do like uh, uh, a fucking maybe a clothesline. He'd do a scoop slam, that pump handle slam. That's all. That was his moves. Billy Gunn would do like most of the wrestling at that point. I always hate when Michael Cole would just be like, "Shake, rattle, roll." I'm like, "Shut up!" When Vintage you... Road Dog. Yeah, fuck you, Michael Cole. <laughs> okay. All right. So here's number twelve. Already, he thinks he's cute. He knows he's sexy. Really, you have that number twelve? Yeah, I I knew that was gonna get that reaction. 
All right, Shawn Michaels' sexy boy theme. The second one. The first one by Sherry Martell is kind of cool, but that's only because when he, when she's managing him. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, Shawn. <laughs> it's like she's getting all hot over him. It's like, it's weird, but it's like it works at the same time. Mm-hmm. But uh, the second one is the one that everybody knows. Um, Dungeons is sexy and boy. I was really, I almost cut this. Really? And yeah, the reason why I almost cut it is because when I was looking at all these other ones and I was like thinking about my reasoning behind why I picked them mm-hmm. is that this song is really cheesy, honestly. Is <laughs> a lot of cheese. Um it's got good instrumental, really good guitar solo in it and everything. But at the same time I was like, I can't cut it because it's like, you know, every time I hear that theme and it's like, Shawn Michaels is coming out. Something fucking good's going to happen. That's like your reaction. Mm-hmm. Like, because every time, every time Shawn came out, something good was going to happen. What would I like to, uh, actually, I'll save this for my, because uh, surprise, it made my list, but I won't tell you where. N- not okay. right But uh, that was, that was kind of me. That was my battle. It was like, and there's nostalgia there too, obviously, because like, there was a handful of wrestlers at WWF I really liked growing up, and he was one of them. <laughs> so, he wasn't my favorite, but he was he was number two. What the hell? Something happened. Somebody's what following. Happened? Somebody followed us. Whoever followed us, oh, cool. thank you. <laughs> thank you, brother. Uh, all right. So, are you done with your number twelve? That's that's my number twelve. All right, my number 11 pick, I think, is going to be a surprise. Uh, I chose Chris Benoit's uh, theme song. The the one with the lyrics? No, the one is like... Just the instrumental? Yeah, because every time he came out with that, I was like, oh, he's about to fuck shit up. Oh, shit was going to happen. Somebody was going to get fucked up. Yeah. Oh, Taz, man. Welcome, Taz, man. (laughs) Oh, Taz is in here? No, 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 not that Taz. Uh, T-A-S, man. Oh, okay. It's okay. It's okay, brother, if you're not Taz. It's fine. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, I chose Chris Benoit. Just every time I heard that theme song, I was like, oh, it's going to be intense because Chris Benoit is an intense man. And uh, I always marked out every time he came out. He's a good wrestler, guys. I like that song. Shitty person. <laughs> yeah, what he did sucks, but he was really good at what he did. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's your number eleven? Okay, this one. This one's probably going to be interesting. This is a deep cut, a real deep cut. Um, I re- I don't have a joke or anything for this. It's more like just an explanation. Okay. Uh. You remember when Christian, when like Edge and Christian split the first time, like it was like after Edge won King of the Ring and Christian got really jealous of him. Yeah. It was shortly after the invasion had ended or it was about to end. And then like he came out on Raw and he had his own solo theme and he was getting like a solo push. Do you remember that theme song that he had? It was for one night only he used it. Oh God! No, it I was don't. like it was the Christian. Oh Christian! yeah, yeah. Like he kept it, but they changed the song after that one night. They changed it. 
It still had that that intro, but it was like the guitar. It was like, you remember that? Yeah, and I remember when that first happened when I heard, Christian, Christian. I was like, what the fuck? I was like, what the fuck is this that, that Titron was playing? And then I was like, this is crazy. And then Christian came out, and he had like the badass fireworks and shit. Mm-hmm. And, but like this song that played only one night, uh, allegedly because it got a baby face reaction, <laughs> um, it was it had that intro, but then it went into what sounded like the breakdown for Bohemian Rhapsody. It was like like it was like Bohemian Rhapsody was playing after that. That sounded like a pirate song for a second. <laughs> yeah, but like it was, it's kind of you'd have to hear it. You can find it on YouTube. Just type in at last version one mm-hmm. and you'll find it. And it's like, it's from the recording like of, of the show, like when it played, because that's all there is. There isn't an official fucking file or anything. Interesting. But that song was so, it, it was like, man, if they kept that, like he could have got over just with the song. Like, <laughs> cause that's, that's what was going on. I think he wrestled The Rock. That was the night he wrestled The Rock after he turned heel, and he got a baby face reaction. He was like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> the pa- that's the power of Queen. Fucking Queen. All right. Number 10. I have uh, Kurt Angle's theme song, and not the ECW one. <laughs> Because if you remember, you should have done the da 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 da. da. You should have done that. Uh, I fucked it up. You suck. Or you should have just said you suck. I'm like, what? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, Kurt Angle's song when when he first came out was like da 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 da. You suck. Like you suck. I started appreciating it when, you know, they started chanting, you suck. And as to this on Mixer, hello. Welcome to... Hello, brother. Welcome to the podcast where we're getting some color, talking about all wrestling. Uh, But uh, we're doing our top 12 theme songs, and we are number 10, where I just said, Kurt Angle is uh, my number 10 pick. What about yours, Zach? Um... You know what? You know. You know what's a mystery? <laughs> yeah. Ev- evolution is a mystery. <laughs> Full of change that no one sees. <laughs> That's good. But uh, like I was like that that when Evolution first came out, I was like, "Oh, what the hell!" Like, and I saw the Titantron, and I was like, that, "These guys are so cool." <laughs> I mean, I liked all these guys. Well. I wasn't sure of Batista yet, but I kind of liked Randy Orton mm-hmm. because like when Randy Orton injured his shoulder and then like they were doing those ridiculous Randy Orton update, <laughs> and it would be like, I'm doing better. My shoulder's doing good. It was always like really lame updates. <laughs> he was, he started doing the legend kill, killer there, right? Correct. Yeah. That's when he started his legend killer gimmick, which was cool. Mm-hmm. It got him over, but I like the group evolution. I like the fucking theme of it, which was kind of like a modern day horseman. Mm-hmm. Um, and that theme, I love motorhead. I'm a huge motorhead fan. Part of the reason I got into motorhead was actually because of wrestling. I think the only thing I hated was triple H's sideburns. 
Oh, but he did, he did those as a throwback. It was like he was being like, you know, Harley Race or something. He was trying to look like an old-timey wrestler a little bit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's, that's what he was doing. He was trying to look like Harley Race a little. Um, But, yeah, I, I always liked that theme song. It was, it was great. Great. Uh, you know it's time? Is it Vader time? No. It's time to play the <sighs> game. Oh, my God, yeah, damn it. You guessed wrong. Uh, my One of my favorite wrestlers is Triple H. Um, Good. <laughs> uh, I will say there's another theme song I like, but I will say this one is pretty iconic for me because I forgot what WrestleMania. I think it was WrestleMania 17 where Motorhead was, like, doing the theme for him. Yeah, it was at 17, they did it live, and that was, like, one of the best entrances ever, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, but if you, <laughs> if you listen to the lyrics of uh, Lemmy was uh, saying, it's totally not the lyrics. All you kept on hearing is, like, it's all about the game and how you do it. It's all about the game and yeah, you play it. Like, <laughs> he, he fucks well, it up. And it's all good well, because it's Lemmy. Lemmy might have been fucking drunk, okay? <laughs> you gotta keep that in mind. Yeah, so that's the reason why I chose Triple H, the game, at number nine. What about you? Oh, my number nine. You know, you know, you know what sucks is when you get taken by surprise and you're out in the yard and you find something you don't expect to see. And you know what it is? It's like that damn snake in the grass. And that's what this is. This is another deep cut, kind of. Mm. Uh, is Jake Roberts' first WWF theme, Snake in the Grass. Shit. And it's a deep cut because this is like a lesser known one. The, the version everybody hears nowadays is like his third one, actually. Like when he came back to WWF in the mid-90s. Mm-hmm. He was doing that whole I've 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 changed my life around. I'm Christian now thing. Um, that's the version that everybody knows now. This one literally sounds like John Carpenter music. <laughs> it sounds like something like an intro for one of his movies, and it's it's fitting for the character kind of because I don't like I could I could picture Jake Roberts being in a John Carpenter fucking movie, <laughs> like he should have been really. It should instead of. Instead of Roddy Piper and Keith David, it should have been Roddy Piper and Jake Roberts and they would have. <laughs> Holy fucking shit. Oh, that man. movie would have been incredible. Fuck yeah, it would be. I mean, it was already really good, but that would have put it over the top. <laughs> oh, man. Rest in peace, fucking. Rest in peace, Hot Rod. God damn it. So many good wrestlers passed away. At least he was, at least he was old. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? At least he died old. Yeah. Um, number eight. You think you know me? <laughs> On this day, I see clearly. Oh, yeah. There it is. Uh, Edge. I loved it because usually I would pop, you know, seeing like the fog or whatever smoke, and then like every time the drum roll would happen, they would like do the strobe light and shit. And then, uh, you know, Edge fucking pops out usually like he jumps in the air and shit and then runs down the ring and does that weird i'm 
putting my dick on the mat slide thing. He he humped the ring. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes he literally did hump the ring. Yeah, I think he did that when he was heel, right? Yeah, usually he was, when he was heel, he would do that. <laughs> yeah, but uh, he's rated R. Uh, when he had sex in the ring with uh, Lita. <laughs> the live sex celebration. <laughs> Edge was another guy who retired too early. And you know there's all these rumors of him coming back. I don't want that to happen. Look, if he can get cleared and it's fine and everything's fine, sure. I just don't I don't want him to come back and it's like bullshit and he gets hurt. No, I don't want him to come back and like it's a it's a slow, safe match. And I'm not just saying like, you know, you need to fucking go up a, like a fifteen foot ladder and do like a spear and shit, but like I don't want it to no. be I I d I don't want it to be like, oh that was a weak spear, oh one, two, three, he won. You know what I mean? Yeah. We'll see. We'll see what happens, I guess. He's denying it, so like maybe maybe it's not happening. We'll see. Meh. What's your number eight? Number eight. You know we were talking about kings earlier. Okay. And here's a king here. There's no joke in this because there's no lyrics or anything. Mm-hmm. It's it's Owen Hart's theme, King of Hearts. Oh yeah, that was fucking remember, awesome. You remember his solo theme before he joined the Hart Foundation and it broke up because of shenanigans. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, but vaguely, vaguely, it was like it sounds like like Prince made his theme. It sounds like that. And it's like, honestly, it's really fitting for his character because it's like, you know, you know, compare him to Brett at the time. Owen is like brash. He's full of himself. He thinks he's fucking better. This is the hot new model, brother. This is the heart you want to get behind. And he, he was the rocket. He called himself the rocket, Owen Hart, because he was going to rocket to the top and rocket past his brother because fuck him. Do you, do you, <laughs> sorry to cut you off, but do you remember the, uh, the guy who used to do impersonations and shit, and like he, he impersonated Owen Hart. Jason Sensation. Yeah. Oh my god, yeah, his Owen Hart impression's like spot on, honestly. And like he came out and he like punched him in the face and shit. Yeah. And all the rest of it was like, oh, whoa, man. whoa, don't, don't, don't injure him. It was, it was, yeah. it was a great work. There's a, there's another one that left us way too soon. Mm hmm. Uh, he's honestly Owen's probably one of my favorite wrestlers from around that time. Like he he was really good at like everything that he did. And he's probably the only reason why there's no like raft rafters uh like spots and shit where you come down from the rafters. So yeah, nobody wanted to pull that shit anymore after that. I mean, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> All right, number seven. Break the walls down. Oh yeah. Oh man, I didn't even think about that one. <laughs> I thought about like doing Jericho's Fozzy one, but I was like, ah, I mean, that could have been an honorable mention. But I was like, you know what? I don't want two of the same thing in in my list, so I chose uh, Break the Wall Down. And I always remember when he first came to the WWF that. Uh, Seeing that countdown, the Y2J bullshit, and, uh, you know, seeing the countdown, and then all of a sudden zero, and then hearing the song, and then 
when he came back when uh Randy Orton was part of uh Legacy. Was it Legacy with Cody Rhodes and uh Ted? I D- think yeah yeah, and he was like a babyface for just a little while. Very briefly. Mm-hmm. So like uh, Rand- yeah. Randy Orton was in the ring and then he uh Jericho came back and he was gonna save WWE because Randy Orton was a champion or something. And uh I just yeah. I just like his name. I always liked how Jericho came back and it was always uh unique. Different. Yeah, unique in a way. Yeah, every time he came back it was different in some way. And yeah, I remember that countdown clock too and everything. It was like a big fucking deal back then. Everybody was like, What the fuck is this? What what's gonna happen? And then it was like it was Jericho. It's like, Oh that guy I loved him at WCW. He was cool. And then he verbally jousted with the rock on his fucking debut. <laughs> Yeah, this is like big deal, and there was no internet to like spoil it either. Yeah, nobody nobody really knew. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, what's your number seven? Uh, well, Yuri brought this up. It's the game by Motorhead, Triple H's theme. Okay, uh... and it's it's very fitting of his character and everything. You know, he's, he's, he did that promo. On Sunday Night Heat, remember when Sunday Night Heat was like actually like something, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was like it it was kind of like a warm up show for pay per views. This is like when this happened, and uh, like Jr. did this interview with Triple H, and Triple H was like using a lot of curse words in this, like a lot more than usual. And this is why I remember this promo because he seemed like he was legitimately fucking pissed off, and. He was like, I don't give a goddamn what anybody fucking says. I am the game, and I am that damn good. And he was, like, scared the shit out of JR because he was just so angry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, damn, that promo was great. And it, it, I don't know, it fit his character and everything from then on. What was great about Triple H is, like, he always changed his persona in a way. Yeah. Where he, you know, he was part of the... You know, Helmsley, Louis royalty, and then all of a sudden he was, you know... Um, this DX guy, and then he was the game, <laughs> and then he's a cerebral yeah. assassin, and all that stuff. But and, I digress. And so on. Number six for me. Six. Woo! Oh. Rick Flair's theme song. Um, every time you heard his song, you're just like, fuck yeah, Rick Flair. And that's all I gotta hey, say. T- Technically, you're wrong. You said you only had WWE themes. That's actually he used that WCW before he came to WWE. Mm-hmm. It's just that that song is um, it's public domain, so that's why they, they, he could just use it. Mm-hmm. So there you go. You technically you picked a WCW theme. <laughs> Fucking a. But uh, it's Ric Flair. Every time you heard that song, you're just like, "It's fucking Ric Flair, badass." And... Yeah, something something cool is gonna happen. <laughs> All right, so what's your number six? You think you know me? <laughs> ah, I see. I gotta get. Yeah, I got the the Edge theme from Metal. Yeah, Metalingus from Alter Bridge. I got that one too because uh, I thought that fit his character perfectly at the time and everything. It was like he was really into having a singles run and 
out to prove himself, like, no matter what, consequences be damned kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And I, I totally got behind him at that time because uh, that's when the John Cena backlash started happening. And honestly, it, it kind of affected me, too, because I was like, he used to be good. They made him suck. I'm tired of this, you know? Mm-hmm. And, like, Edge was a guy I liked from, like, back when he first fucking debuted and was in tag teams. Yep. And he never really got, like, a really good singles run yet. He had one going before he injured his neck. But... Yeah, when he cashed in on John Cena, that was fucking awesome. I was all about their their fucking feud. And, you know, honestly, looking back on it, like, that was a really good feud he had with Cena. Mm -hmm. It just was. It was good for that time because John Cena was always winning. And... I don't know how many times we could see Randy Orton versus John Cena. So, like, having Edge versus John Cena was pretty cool. Edge versus either of those guys, like, is more interesting than those two guys fighting each other. Mm-hmm. It just is. I don't, I just, I don't know why, but it is. Randy Orton. Uh, my number five. Uh no, uh, no chance, but that's what you got. Oh, my God. And it's not Shane McMahon, not the corporation. It's Vin- Vinnie Mac. Every time you hear, I mean, obviously it was the same song, but every time you hear No Chance, you think of Vinnie Mac. Vinnie- it's true. And uh, the reason why I like it is because how he fucking walked down the ramp when he did it. The power off. walk. Yeah. <laughs> and it Vin, uh, uh, I'm always gonna call him Vinnie Mac. Vinnie Mac and Stone Cold, when they had their uh, their feud, every time you heard his music hit, you're like, "Oh man, Stone Cold's gonna get fucked again somehow." Yeah, and I always used to, used to. I mean, I I was a Mark back then, so every time I heard Vinnie Mac song. I would get pissed. I'm like, God damn, it's Stone Cold, no. <laughs> yeah, I'd be like, oh, great, here he comes, fuck. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, such a good feud. And apparently it, it was organically made, right? Like, they, Vin, Vince, Vin, uh, Vince McMahon, or McMahon, uh, was, uh, not supposed to be the counterpart for Stone Cold. Like, he was not supposed to be feuding with him. Nope. Because Bret Hart, I believe, when he left after the screw job, uh, was supposed to be a longer feud. And, you know, I think Stone Cold and Shawn Michaels had beef, if correctly, if I'm correct about that. Um, I don't know that they had personal beef with one another. It was just that Sean was, he was such an asshole back then Mm -hmm. that not really almost nobody liked him except Triple H and Vince for business reasons. Mm -hmm. Um, and there was more of a worry that Sean would try to screw Austin somehow. And he probably at the time, like, when that match happened, I think, like, yeah, Austin wasn't too happy with him because he kind of felt like Sean was being an asshole. He didn't give a fuck or anything. Let's water under the bridge now. They're cool. 
Yeah, but that's my number five. I mean, I don't know. I don't, not much big detail. M most of these were just personal things because I used to sing along to it uh, or just do yeah. do whatever the wrestler would do coming down the ramp. But that's my number five. Okay. What's yours? Okay. So, you know how there's different sides to people's personality? <laughs> and you know how people have, like... A light side, you know, and they might have a dark side. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, in 1998, we experienced the Undertaker's dark side. Apparently, <laughs> <laughs> it's because that's what this is called. This is called dark side. I always called it his 1998 theme because I think the Undertaker has more different themes than any other wrestler ever. <laughs> like, it's, there's seriously like 30 versions of his theme somehow, and it's always just slight variations. He, up until up until this point is where it gets really different for once. Um, and that's them. that's when uh, it's like they changed his theme to like kind of a metal theme. It's like it had those really heavy distorted guitars that had like the cool fucking like the bell and the the strings. There was like a string section, mm -hmm. and I always really liked that fucking theme. I thought it was really badass. And uh, to me, it was like his best theme he had. Um, and it kind of reflected what was going on with The Undertaker at the time, because it's like because of his feud with, with Mankind and Kane, it's like he was getting involved in like way more violent and dark angles. Mm -hmm. like, like Mankind pushed Undertaker to his limit. Like that never happened before, really. You know? And he and kind of touch him. On uh, mankind, like pushing him to the limits, the King of the Ring when he pushed mankind over the hell in the cell, like there was a part where I believe McFoley was like push me, and like Undertaker was like what? <laughs> yeah, and he's like do it, and he's like oh, okay, he's like fucking did it. Like, <laughs> he's like uh, <laughs> all right, man. <laughs> yeah, not, but not uh. Not only oh, did not only did it make mankind, but at the same time, it made fucking Undertaker look like an asshole. It helped reestablish him more because you know I don't know this, Undertaker went through some shit fucking feuds in the early to mid nineties. He just did. Yep, Gonzalez. Uh, he he did not get really a good feud until he got to he got mankind until Mick Foley joined up and they came up with that. Mm -hmm. Uh. But yeah, I always thought that theme was cool because it really it, it was it sounded great and it really reflected how his character was going. He was getting more dark, more violent, and you know, I don't know. I always also remember like when he had that really awesome match with Austin at like SummerSlam that year. That's yeah. that's a great match. So one that kind of gets forgotten about a little bit. Is that the same theme song where uh, Stephanie McMahon got kidnapped? Nah, they changed it uh, at that point when he was like the corporate or the the ministry. Oh yeah, yeah, okay. Before the corporation, they they, they slowed it down more. This is like the faster paced one. Did he? It's walk just called Dark Side. Yeah. <laughs> did he walk faster? No, he did. Well, no, no, he did walk a little faster actually. That's what you got to do. You got to speed up the song. I mean, when he was rolling, but he had a fucking motorcycle. <laughs> You roll and roll and roll. I should have put that on here, like, unironically. <laughs> Lit biscuit. No. 
All right, my number four. Yeah, I walk for miles inside this pit of danger. Fucking Batista, there it is. Yeah, I always. That's a good one. Yeah, every time he, uh, I know in the beginning he didn't do the whole machine gun pyro thing. Yeah. Um, but that's where I like the song, right when he did the, the, the pew pews of the. <laughs> the pew- of the pyres I just fucking I love it Batista's fucking badass yeah man that was that's a really good uh, feud that's a really good theme but uh that's when I really started to like Batista more is like when you know he did the feud with Triple H and he got over Mm -hmm. and then he got that theme song and I was like Batista's fucking cool you know actually yeah honestly at that point I like Batista more than Orton and Cena yeah. Yeah, I. Uh, God damn it! Now, <laughs> now I'm thinking my list to get now. Fuck it, Batista's still gonna be number four. But uh, what's your number four? I'll tell you when hell freezes over. Because this is hell frozen over. This is Stone Cold's first theme. Oh, okay. Like. Like, as Stone Cold Steve Austin, and this is what I was talking about when me, you, and Andy were still in the chat together, and I was like, the one where it's got the police sirens in it. Oh, okay. <laughs> it was like, it, it was like, um, yeah, just after he broke off from Ted DiBiase and all that shit, he stopped being ringmaster. Uh, and this theme is like, I like this one the best because it's got that, but it's also more, it sounds more dirty, like it's like a demo or something. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, just something about it. It just sounds more fucking gritty and shit. And it reflects his personality and that what's going on at the time, which is like, he's just this fucking guy in black trunks and shit. And he just whips asses and he doesn't give a fuck and he'll tell you what he thinks. And I really like all of his promos and shit that he did around this time because he was like, he's so fucking pissed off. And like, it was like, everything from his career up to that point he was putting into his character you could tell it's what it was yeah early Stone Cold was just like he was full heel like there was no tweener there was no like against the uh, you know the Boston authority he was just like fuck you I'm Stone Cold Steve Austin I I beat the shit out of you fuck you fatso in the front row (laughs) he was full heel and it's just the the thing is is like, like I couldn't really I still liked him at, I was weird. I was a weird kid when it came to like, when I liked wrestling. Cause sometimes I would just like bad guys. Cause I thought they were entertaining. Mm-hmm. And like, I always liked stone cold. And the thing is like, now though, looking back at it and like, now that I know like his story, like what was going on in his personal life with his career and everything at the time, I can see it. Like when he's so fucking mad and he's cutting these promos and he's like getting all that anger out from being like felt like he got fucked over all those years and nobody gave him a chance. Mm-hmm. And he's it's just like it's kind of cathartic and I can like feel it because like I've experienced shit like that and I was like I understand why you're fucking angry mm-hmm. and it speaks to me like this time I didn't get it before like he he cuts these promos and he's so goddamn mad like the one for WrestleMania 13 <laughs> he's talking about like. The, he he had the submission match with Bret Hart, and he's like, 
how do you think, how can you beat Bret Hart? You don't know submissions. He's like, I don't know a whole lot of couple submission moves, but I'll beat the hell out of him. <laughs> he's just like, and he's like, I, if Ken Shamrock sticks his nose in my business, I'll whip his ass too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then Mr. Man's just like, he's like, why, why, why are you so bitter? Uh, what, what's wrong with you? And he's just like, you treat me like a dog and expect me to smile. You remind me of a jackass like that. <laughs> like he's just so goddamn pissed. <laughs> it's incredible. I want to watch some of the promos after this uh, podcast. They're really intense. He's like super intense around that time. Fuck yeah. Um, number three for me is a repeat of what you already said, but uh, I no, it was your honorable mention, I believe. Uh, Shawn Michaels, oh. sexy boy. No, Shawn Michaels was twelve. Oh yeah, twelve. My bad. I said he almost got cut. <laughs> Uh, the reason why I liked it is because I actually do like the, uh, Sherry one more. Oh, Sherry. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> it's really cheesy, too, but for some reason it's like, I don't know, it's different. I like it. Mm-hmm. And I, the, 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 kind of a side note, I do like the later, uh, Sexy Boy Shawn Michaels theme because every time he uh, came out and he always did his knee thing and like pyros would happen. I was like, yeah, cool, Shawn Michaels. Yeah, yeah I knew be- something good was about to happen. <laughs> What's your is it kind of a side note? The Montreal screw job. Do you think he oh was fully on it, or do you just think he was like how he was always been saying like, oh, I don't want to do this, but. If I have to get ahead, I guess I have to follow what Vince says. I think, like, I don't remember what he said personally about it now. Mm-hmm. But, like, if I remember right, I think it was he knew and he didn't really want to do it. I feel like at the time it might have been because he was more afraid of, like, what would happen to him. Because I think he knew Brett could kick his ass. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like... And uh, yeah, he might have had he might have had some conflicting feelings too because they used to be friends at some point, like they they did. But I don't know. Yeah, that was a shitty situation. It really was. It was it was a tough situation. It's just and it was it was one of those once in a lifetime ordeals. Really, I like Cornette's fucking response. I was just getting the fuck out of there. He's getting the fuck out of there. Apparently, he was the one that actually came came up with the idea for it. Mm-hmm. Figures. It's just like he did. He didn't want the way he told it was. It was like they were brainstorming and couldn't come up with anything to do. And then Vince is just like, "Well, what would you do?" And he's like, well, "God damn it, it's your belt, it's your promotion. Just do a screw job finish." <laughs> like he just he was just so pissed off and tired of tired of dealing with it. And he referenced like a couple of really old screw job stories from like way back. Like we're talking like the fucking twenties and like there's one in the forties. Jeez. And then like nothing else came of it. Nobody said anything. Like Vince didn't say okay. He's just like, okay, whatever, and they moved on. And then it just happened. Like the thing that he said for them to do happened in the ring and nobody told him about it. <laughs> he got the fuck out of there. 
maybe maybe one episode we'll do like a deep dive in the screw job and do the, like the research and stuff. I don't know if there's like really any more research to do at this point. I think it's just more like, what do you think about it? Like, <laughs> yeah, but I want to like, you know, get Bruce's point of view in there. Cornette's, um, <laughs> when Bret Hart like punched Vince McMahon in his showers. Yeah, but uh, what's your number three? Um, are you ready? Yeah, there you go. There you go. <laughs> um, this is another like just the Degeneration X theme. Uh, it's very uh, it encapsulates what's going on with the product at the time when it when this happens, mm-hmm. which is like it's getting more edgy, it's getting more rebellious in nature. Like Stone Cold's one aspect of that. And then Shawn Michaels and Triple H and their antics is another aspect of it, where they're just like, I don't give a fuck what you tell me, fuck you. And they kind of adapt this weird, like, slacker, piss-off persona that both of them do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's just, they come off, they're just a couple of guys that don't give a fuck, and they just do whatever they want. And that's that's what the original DX was. It was different it wasn't like nwo people like oh it's just your nwo ripoff it wasn't um because what their whole thing was just like no we're here to fucking be awesome on our terms and we're not going to do what you tell us to do it wasn't like we're going to take over the company (laughs) or some shit well the promo with uh sean michaels and uh triple h is like they called themselves degenerates and then yeah they're degenerates (laughs) No, like Degeneration X, and that's how they were born. It was it was another aspect of like the anti-establishment rebellion kind of theme they were pushing. Yeah, you make the rules, we uh, break them. Yeah, I think that's what Sean said, or Sean or Hunter's at it. Mm-hmm. Um, man, some of the promos and stuff they did back then are fucking hilarious. Like they're still really funny. Mm-hmm. Um. God, some Sean was such a prick back then. He'd get so much heat. There, I remember there was this like, there's a gif of this. I've se- I've seen it before, where like he's on it's on Raw, and then like Sean's like walking by like the the entrance ramp, and there's like the people there that are real close. He looks at one of the guys, he points at him, and then he starts making a motion like he's sucking dick, and he's like fucking you know cupping the balls. <laughs> And he points at him, that guy gets pissed, and he tries to jump the barricade and get him, and he laughs at him. (laughs) (laughs) It's just, like, so brutal. Like, oh my god, you couldn't do that shit now. Somebody, you get thrown off the air immediately. (laughs) Yeah, I miss the old DX, and I kind of, I like DX up till the point where Road Dogg, the the Outlaws, and X-Pac became DX, but I started hating them when they came back in like 2000. Uh, what was it? Five? Was it? No! Oh, no, no, no. That stuff was still good. <laughs> really? Yeah, you know. They did, so, they did so much funny shit back then, like when they first got back together. Don't you remember, like, when they made fun of Shane and Vince? That shit's hysterical. Oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> it was like. 
I like dicks. And everybody was just like, what? <laughs> the great Dick Ebersol. He was one of my favorites. <laughs> I'm dancing, Dad. I'm dancing. He's like acting like Shane. He's doing that stupid thing. Is that one? Is that also in the same storyline where they dumped shit on them? Yes. Okay. That's that's a little goofy, but like the the shit where they're making fun of Shane and Vince is like gold because mm-hmm. it's like perfect. Especially Triple H's Vince impression. Stop it! <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. My number two is pretty easy. <laughs> Just, just another Stone Cold. (laughs) Which version? Uh, not the one that you were talking about. Just the normal one that everybody knows. Yeah. It just every time you hear the glass break, it just pop. Just there's nothing. Just fucking put your fingers in the air, middle fingers. You should have done a deep cut and said it's the, the venomous one. The one where he start, first joined the Alliance during the invasion. <laughs> oh, God. Nobody remembers that. <laughs> that storyline was pretty interesting. Especially, like, is he for Team WWE? Is he Alliance? He And then he was like this Vince... Uh, stooge for a while with Kurt Angle, which was pretty. What do you oh. think of his heel thing during that time? Okay, so like honestly, that move was is hindsight twenty twenty. It was not a good idea. Mm-hmm. Like I'm sure the thing at the time was like Austin just felt like he was getting kind of stale and he wanted to change it up. And he's admitted that he always liked being a heel better. Mm-hmm. Um, so he was just like, oh, let's just turn me heel for a while. And it's just that it kind of, nobody wanted to really boo him. So it didn't really work. <laughs> but he was fucking funny when he was doing all that shit. Yeah. Like when he was like, Vince, I, I want to sing you a song. And he's got like a fucking acoustic guitar and he starts singing Kumbaya and he plays it terribly. And, he's, and he can just get away with it though because of who he is. It's like at that point, it's dumb, but like, it's fucking funny. I like the storyline near the end where um, Stone Cold got depressed where he's like, oh, Vince doesn't like me anymore. And um, he's at the it's bar and he, he's at the bar and he's like drinking and shit. And like Shane and Stephanie and Paul Heyman are like taking over Vince's like kingdom. And uh, <laughs> Vince like goes to the bar and uh, talks to Stone Cold. He's like, I need the old Stone Cold back. And he's like, starts slapping him and shit. And he's like, hit me, you son of a bitch. And like, he gets in his face and he's about to hit him. And he does nothing. But then like, later on in the day, he comes out and he just starts like, beating the shit everybody. And the old Stone Cold is back. I don't remember that. That must have been an episode I missed back in the day. Mm-hmm. It was pretty funny. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Vince McMahon. Because I think Vince McMahon is like, man, people hate you as a heel. I mean, that's a good thing if people hate you as a heel, but, like, it's not Not in go- the way that he wanted. Yeah, it's not going <laughs> over, so we have to go back to you hating me again. And that's Which is great. Yeah. 
It's always great <laughs> when it's Stone Cold versus Vince McMahon. What's your number two? It's it's a good one. Trust me. Okay, this is another. This might be a little bit of a deep cut, but it's it's another Jake Roberts theme. Okay. Look, I really like Jake Roberts as a wrestler. He's, I feel like he's kind of undervalued. I won't say underappreciated because he's appreciated, but like, and people bring him up, but it's like he doesn't get quite as much recognition. <laughs> um, his heel run after he turned babyface in like the late 80s, I think it might have been 90 at the latest. He got this new theme. It's like he did this storyline where he fucked with the Ultimate Warrior and he tricked him. Because, <laughs> like, the Ultimate Warrior wanted to fight the Undertaker, and he he sought out Jake Roberts's help to fucking conquer his fears or some shit. So, like, the whole thing was like it looked like Jake Roberts was helping him, but in reality, he was stringing him along to fuck him over and just fuck with him. <laughs> and so he turned heel, and then he got this badass new theme song. Where, like, he said something in a promo, and, he, like, he was referenced, I'm a snake, you can't fuck trust a snake, do you trust me? Or something. Mm-hmm. And it translated, it. they changed his theme. It, it was like his old theme, but it, like, it, they slowed it down, changed, like, the tempo, changed the instrumentals. But in the beginning, it's like, trust me, trust me, trust me. It's, like, it's like really fucking cool. It's just got this aura about it and it's like every time I hear it, it gives me chills because it's like this fucking asshole bastard heel this is like when he was doing pretty extreme shit like there, the cobra thing with macho man where he bit him yeah like the cobra bit him like he was doing shit like that when uh macho man was like are you trying to kill me Just yeah to get over <laughs> apparently he was <laughs> so <laughs> But yeah, give it a listen sometime. I don't know. It's 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 one of my favorites just because of the the fucking feeling you get from it is like intense. It's like really cool. Yeah, I don't really. I should appreciate Jake Roberts a little bit more. I, I always thought of him. I was like, okay, he likes snakes, and his DDT is fucking. I like his DDT. The thing about Roberts is psychology. He's like one of the best. Mm-hmm. And like the other, the other thing is his promos are incredible. He's he cuts promo like nobody else does, and he has like this cadence, and like the way he says things and turns phrases, and he uses other kinds of words nobody ever says. He never raises his voice, <clears throat> and that that was really different compared to everybody else back then. Yeah, because everybody was screaming in the eighties or. Um... I mean, I guess Undertaker was another soft-spoken person where he's like, rest in peace. That was all he said yeah. all, for a long time. But, like, just go go look up old Jake Roberts promos, like WWF promos from the 80s, and you'll see what I'm talking about, where he's just, he's totally different from everybody, and he's, like, unnatural. It's like he's not even, it's like he's not even fucking trying or something. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Like, if you want to, like, learn about doing good promos or something, like, if you're a wrestler or some shit, like, I would watch, you, you should study him or something. Yeah, he's, I mean, maybe he was on drugs at that time, was he? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but that doesn't matter. <laughs> maybe that's where the calmness came, he was just fucking high. 
Maybe. <laughs> just took the uh, snake and you know, I'm I'm Jake. He's Roberts. better. He, he didn't sound like that. He's better now though. He's better now. Yeah. Uh, is it that time for number one? It's that time. Wow, I I used that pun not even thinking about what I just picked. That's funny. That's how tired I am. Oh, I thought thought you were doing a thing. (laughs) I kind of wasn't, but I guess I'll use it. Now, Jimmy, hit me with a little Triple H. I don't know how to do the beeping part. But like, <laughs> uh, it's like, it's like <laughs> <laughs> I know what you're doing. Yeah, I, it's I, my turn. Yeah, I, I like that Triple H theme song more than the game. And people might be like, well, you, you fucking hate Motorhead? No. I just. I, I liked Triple H during that time when he was like, you know, Stephanie McMahon's. Uh, uh, husband because you know he drugged her and like got married to her <laughs> crazy but that storyline is funny as fuck Tess got cucked mm-hmm. I, that was like one of the big biggest cucks ever of you know him getting you know stood up by Stephanie McMahon during when he was getting married and then he just kind of moved on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, the last time Tess was actually good is when he was with Prince Albert when they had TNA. Um, the, the tag team. Don't you remember the testicles? Oh, God, I forgot about that. It was like, you call your fans, like, it's like he was with Stacey Keebler, he was trying to turn her face, he's like, the testicles! And he's like, yeah. Like, the testicles. <laughs> <laughs> fucking stupid. Oh my god! Yeah, that was kind of weird because they were building up Tess during that, and like, you know, she he was uh, working the whole Stephanie McMahon get married thing, and then all of a sudden Triple H just fucking cucks him, and then he just falls out of the like heavyweight main <clears throat> event scene thing going on, never to return. Mm-hmm. But every time, <laughs> but every time Triple H's my time theme came on. I love the whole strobe light and just seeing him spit water through the strobe lights. I don't know why I thought that was cool. I like that theme a lot too, but it's just like, uh, like it's not as iconic and it kind of only fit him for like a short period of time. Mm-hmm. He graduated to the game cause he, he, he figured out like he kind of really proved himself, you know? Yeah. He's like, I, I am the fuck game. I beat The Rock. You know, I beat Stone Cold. Fuck both of them, you know. <laughs> well, this was before the whole game thing. Like, he was kind of a... Kind of a bitch heel kind of thing. Like, he he hid behind Stephanie, the corporate thing. And yeah, that- for, for, a li- for a little while he was. It's just he... Sometimes it was getting to a point where he was doing kind of uncharacteristic things for a heel in that position. Mm-hmm. Like I like the the Iron Man match he had with The Rock, at the I think it was Backlash, <laughs> and he was just like the corporation was out there and he told them all to leave. He's <laughs> like, no, I, I want to fucking fight The Rock one on one and prove that I'm better than him. <laughs> it's like okay, that doesn't really usually happen. <laughs> <laughs> so it was like he he had something to prove, brother. He was out to show he was the best. <laughs> yeah, but that's my number one. What's your number one? 
I don't really have a, a thing. It's just you have a heart attack, and that's kind of it. It's, it's Bret Hart's theme, brother. It's what he's did his, his big solo run. Okay. It's called. It's just called Heart Attack. I, you know the no 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 no. You know. So you were um, so you were a Bret Hart fan, huh? Big Bret Hart fan. To this day, he's probably my favorite wrestler. Period. Um. And I don't know. There's a big reason for that. It's because when I was when I was really young and I was getting into wrestling, I always thought Bret Hart was really cool. And he always had the best matches. Like, he had good matches with everybody. Even people that sucked, like Diesel. <laughs> I mean, he got a good match out of Kevin Nash. You know how fucking hard that is? <laughs> like, good old qu- clicking quads. <laughs> but it's just like, like I didn't really think of anything at the time. It was just always Bret Hart's theme. But it's like, you know, looking back on it, like, Thinking about that, like that is it's cool. It's like the cool guitar hook thing comes out. He does his thing, and that's it. But it's like in a way, that theme is kind of synonymous with wrestling to me. Like I'm going to get really good wrestling right now, and uh, and that's what Bret Hart is to me. He's like a really good wrestler, one of the best ever in my opinion, and. I don't know, probably the last true pro there ever was, Cause, I, just because of how he carried himself. I liked Bret Hart, like, pretty much when Stone Cold came around, and he had that match with it, and he was, like, doing these promos where he spit in Vince McMahon's face and all that stuff, like... That's one of my favorite promos ever, actually. Yeah, like, Is, I, I liked it because I was like... Oh shit! Like I don't even I don't even know if this is real heat or not. Like if this is true feelings on how he feels about Vince McMahon, and just... that's like the thing with Austin too. Mm-hmm. Like when him and Austin were feuding, I was like at that point in time I I knew wrestling wasn't real. Like I, I kind of knew for a little while, but I I, I didn't care. Mm-hmm. Um, but like. When that was going on, like when I I wasn't sure about whether or not they really hated each other or not because it just seemed like they really did. Yeah. Uh, like they did such. To me, that's like the best feud he had either. It's actually one of my favorite feuds is Bret Hart and Steve Austin because of how intense they get with each other. And that iconic, like, that iconic blood fucking sharpshooter. Oh my god, so amazing. The promo, do you remember the promo where it was like Raw, I think it was like January 97, and like something happened, like he just got screwed out of a cage match or something, and Bret Hart just goes ballistic, he grabs his mic and he starts flipping out. Mm-hmm. It's like when he first really turned heel. It, like, I think Vince was trying to interview him actually, he's like, you must be frustrated, he just like grabs the mic and shoves him. Yeah, that's when he spit in his face. Yeah, he's like frustrated. Is it the goddamn word for it? This is bullshit. He's like, that's that. That's exactly what he said. And he just started ranting on everybody. How everybody was screwing him, and it was like, holy fucking shit, <laughs> this is real. Like, well, wasn't this leading up to the screwjob, or was that before? Because my timeline is all fucked up. That's before. This is early. This is like January '97 when that happens. Mm-hmm. And then like the screwjob happens in November of that year. 
So, so like he's still doing he's still doing his feud with Steve Austin and stuff at this time. Yeah, so it I can see where Cornette came with the whole like screw job thing because Brett was always talking about getting screwed by the uh the owners and shit and Vince McMahon and the higher ups and all that stuff and the click. So, yeah. I can see where I I totally see where Cornette is like a fucking screw job. <laughs> I guess, yeah. <laughs> but that's I don't know that that that's my number one pick because it's kind of it's nostalgia plus I guess in some ways Bret Hart kind of built what I thought of as a good wrestler to me like in my mind mm-hmm. and stuff and I don't know he's always one of my favorites and still is to this day. Cool. So that is our top twelve entrance themes for. Uh... Not interesting, just wrestling themes in general. If you have any, please comment and give your 12. Because I want to see if it's totally different or if it's just full of Attitude Era and uh, some old school WWF themes. Maybe throw some WCW, maybe throw some ECW in there. Even though just ECW is just fucking Metallica Sandman bullshit. It was just like fucking licensed music <laughs> that they played without a license. So like, let's play Metallica. Let's play fucking Pantera and get away with it somehow. Fucking A. <laughs> but I think we need to end the episode. It's been two hours and 46 minutes. Probably our longest one we've done. And you can cut that one up probably. <laughs> not really. I think we're good on that one. So, uh, if you want to catch all our getting some color episodes, make sure you go to novnetwork.podbean.com. We're also on Spotify and whatever Apple names their thing. I think it's still iTunes at the moment, so you get the uh, podcast on iTunes. Um, and if you want to watch a picture of a little podcast where we do movies and some gaming stuff, make sure you go there too. But until next time, everybody, have a good night. Later. Bye. <laughs>